show may contain naughty language and explicit content. You have been warned. Welcome to Facehammer, an Age of Sigmar podcast. Bringing you product reviews, news from the UK tournament scene, as well as some pro hobby tips. So stay tuned and get ready for some hammer to your face. Welcome to Face Hammer, episode 61. It's me, Russ the Faceville, and I'm joined by two very special guests this time. Um, two of our overseas friends, um, and that's Domus and Brad. How are you guys doing? Hey, Russ, doing great. Hey, how are you? I'm great, I'm great. Thanks for coming on. I know it's a bit weird to organise around time zones and stuff, but um, I thought it'd be interesting to get your guy, you guys on as AOS 2 is now out and you guys have just done a tournament, so should be some interesting thoughts and stories from the weekend, I think. Definitely. So, um, just before we go into like the main topic, but we're going to talk about the um, Midwest Meltdown, hopefully I got that right, um, <laughs> tournament which is run by Domus, um, and then Brad obviously won that event, for people who, who don't know, so well done to you if you're dirty in the gash list. Which we'll talk about. <laughs> very, very. <laughs> and um, but before we do that, I think I'd just get you guys to talk a little bit about yourselves. Um, so, Domus, if you want to just just lead in and tell me a little bit about who you are and how you got into the hobby and what you do with AOS, and uh, yeah, just go for it, really. Sure. I I started playing back miniatures games back. I want to say in '97 or '98 with Necromunda. Uh, and I played Necromunda for a long time and then got married and was looking for some kind of hobby. And I just happened upon uh, the Hearst Arts website, yeah. which led me to miniatures. And, and I'd always wanted to do one of the big miniatures games. Um, and fantasy always called to me more than 40K. But the guy I played Necromunda with didn't have any money. So he couldn't <laughs> so really he was out, right? He, he was like, "No, I'm not having it. We're not doing this big game." Well, well that's fine. I'll just get a new friend. Yeah. So... Is this how you met Tom? Is that? It, it actually, I met Tom. So I, I went. I literally went and I bought the Hordes of Chaos box set in sixth edition. Wow. I think I was 2002. That was my first army. It was Zinch. I walked into the game store in Washington, and I sat down and played this guy. And sure enough, it was Tom. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, we've friends been, ever since. Yeah, best of friends ever since. So it's kind of how I met Dan, come, which is weird. That is weird. We're coming to see you in September. Mm-hmm. Super, so uh, super excited about that. So yeah, we we aggressively tournament played throughout 2000 to 2010. Um, Tom won a bunch of tournaments. I was the king of second place. I could I could just never get it for whatever reason. So you're the Terry Plain- to his Russ, is what you're saying. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was playing. I was playing a lot of Wood Elves, so um, and Man, I they, like, they were I lost, broken as well. I lost a tournament because I didn't have a banner in my list. I mean, it <laughs> just it was exactly like one point here, one point there. It's hilarious. Um, but yeah, then eventually settled into older man gaming, and now I I play OS. I, I don't play it quite as competitively as I used to. I'm more you play into like the. Jules, right? What's that? Yeah, I play Iron Jaws right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, mixed order. I just did this really weird mixed order list with a bunch of hunting hounds and just 
just kind of put that put it into second gear and just kind of cruise through the game and more interested in in fun than being uber competitive though every once in a while that side comes out yeah i like usually the doubles in, yeah yeah, usually in the team yeah. tournament with Brad. <laughs> when yeah, Brad, Brad gets team. his claws into you and is like, yeah. hey, do you remember that time when you used to win things? Do you want that time again? <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get into AOS then when it, it first came out, or did you kind of do what a lot a few people did and went, oh, what is this, and then kind of played other things? So it's kind of an interesting story. When when 8th edition Warhammer dropped, I rage quit because uh, it broke my oh, wood really? elves. Oh yeah, and and I took a year break from Eighth Edition, and I eventually came back because I missed the people. Um, yeah. I never, I never loved Eighth Edition. It just never took for me. Lots of people did, but it never took for me. So when Eighth Edition or AOS dropped, we decided, Tom and I in our group, we said, "Hey, yeah, we're gonna embrace this. We love it." And we we tried, and we were playing, and we were trying so hard, but without points, it was weird. So once. Once kind of the compacts fell out and you guys did yours um, and there was a couple other and there's some ways to build some armies and get a semblance of balance. It, it took a lot better hold. Uh, we, we never left, but we were trying and, yeah, and it was sort hard of work. Floundering. Yeah, we were floundering a bit at the beginning, but you know, you it all worked like, itself out. I really want to like this, but it's it's making it really hard for me. Yeah, well, I loved yeah. it because Wild Riders could run in charge and go like 72 inches in a turn or something. <laughs> there was some really wacky shit in the early days. Yeah, yeah there was, was. So when was... when the GHB hit, the first one, man, we took off. Yeah. I think a lot of people did, man. That was, that was what it needed, really. It was like the patch job that made it the great game, you know. And, Ab- um, absolutely. Oh, interesting stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny you said about 8th because I had a wobble at the beginning of 8th because it came out and then nothing happened. Literally, it came out and you were like, there was like an orc book and then nothing. And then the Tomb Kings, like, almost a year after the release of the game and you were like, wow, I'm so fucking bored of this. Um, and yeah, I had I went off and I played like War Machine and did a few bits and I I still I didn't like quit quit but I was like do, putting my energy in other areas and I just went but it's the people that play it is why I play it more than the game although the game's cool it's like so yeah that's kind of heralds quite close to my my experience although it was did the like big eight. factor and I one one of the good things about eight for me was it broke the Wood Elves which used to grind my shit in. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, you got to flee this way because the closest model. Oh, it's so dumb. Um, well, that's that's what I always tell Ben now is that I've been yeah. playing Age of Sigmar since seventh edition, or since like two thousand seven, since that Wood Elf book dropped. So they caught up to me. Wait, I don't know what you're talking about. They're wonders, aren't they? <laughs> I don't know. There's no such Shushu. thing. you. Yeah, they're gone, man. Just let it go. I no, wanna, never. I'm like one of these people because my Tomkins got put in the bin. Oh, sorry, the Legends Vault or whatever they want to call it. <laughs> the Vault of not using it anymore. I want to. I want to kind of like, um, like I want to get everyone else's army that that kind of used to annoy me back in the day, like Seraphon, and try and get him in a bin. But I, I don't have any power, so it's not going to happen. But you um, need company in the bin. <laughs> just to sort that. I just want him gone. I just want him gone. Like Aztec lizards. What's that about? Um, put him in the bin. Um, <laughs> Uh, cool. So, so you mentioned you're playing Iron Jaws. Um, are you? So AOS two has just dropped. Have you got a new project you want to do? A new well, army? so I 
I just did this big mixed order army with Glade Guard and a Phoenix in a, a converted Orion model that I use as a Lario. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm going to add to that. I'm going to add, I just got another Phoenix. I bought a Tree Lord so I could summon him. Um, I'm going to add a couple things, probably a 30 pack of Eternal Guard. And um, I had 10 Wild Riders in that list, and they're just so, they're literally one of the worst units in the game. So, Five of those guys are getting cut off and getting girls put on top because uh, I like sisters. the sis- yeah, 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 sisters with the phoenix are pretty good and the eternal guard, either or, you know. Yeah, yeah cool. So you um, stick with them for a bit, or you've got another army planned in your back pocket that you want to do? I, I have another army in my back pocket, and and it's going to be a big hobby project, and and that's all I'll say about it for now. Cool. Yeah, look forward to that. Um, so Secrets. Brad, why don't you uh, give us a little bit about you then? Yeah, I, uh, I started gaming mostly uh, pretty young, again, with, with my stepdad getting me into Dungeons & Dragons and Warhammer. Um, the, our first set for my brother and I was, I believe, 4th edition with the uh, then Bretonians and, and Lizardmen. Um, yeah, playing 5th fifth. Fifth edition, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't play for too long and, and pretty much took a break from the hobby a couple of years after that, all the way up until uh, right before 8th edition. Um, I got into Warhammer Fantasy for the first time at the very tail end of 7th, uh, won a raffle that that got me almost an entire Skaven army. So I was like, okay, I might as well start playing now um, and started immediately playing in tournaments. 8th uh, edition dropped, and I got to the Ard Boys finals in Chicago, my oh, first three tournaments. Yeah, I, I, I won the first two and then got third place in the finals in my uh second third and fourth ever tournaments so i was pretty hooked on tournament play after that did you get um, added to a list because you know the odd boys was kind of a bit of a dirty wo- word if i remember because it was like um because because you guys have a lot more sports and stuff than what we used to in the uk it's a bit changed now but back in the day like people just played out the book and, and and like there was a lot of comp and a lot of soft scores in the u.s and the odd boys was like was that like the first time it was kind of like gloves off do what you want well, since I, I started playing right into that, so right. I, I had no idea about like sports and all that other stuff because there was none of that in those tournaments. So when I started going to more regular tournaments after that, it was new to me because Art yeah. Boys was really the only tournaments I had ever been Did to. Did you get a rep? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I was just like, I, yeah, you did. Don't even, don't even I, try and pretend. <laughs> I was on. I remember because I was on bad dice uh, after that finals because I was taking uh, – the two Skaven Towers and three Hellpit Abominations was pretty I much even my list. To that, you know, I think I remember it was, that. It was a bit, a bit ridiculous, yeah. I remember you calling out Garage Hammer because they called you out on episode every episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, okay, I this idea. They were like posters of Brad, like just just hanging up inside gaming stores, like you know, wanted this. I don't, I don't know why it clicked so well, but it was it was my first major war game, and I was like sucked in and and really into it almost all the way throughout. So yeah, I think the that... Midwest was no comp too in Eighth Edition, really. And yeah, that played right into my my uh, enjoyment of it. Uh, yeah, it 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 was really my style, so it was perfect, perfect fit. But there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, like I. I've been um, back when I first hit the scene. I was I was dead keen with stuff as well, and I was I was really into it, and I was reading everything. And you just go in sharp, you know. You go into events really sharp, and you just and you play people, and you're like, no, nah, that's not how it works. And actually, no, I can do this, and and they're just like, oh man, this guy. And you're like, yeah, but you just you just been you just prepared, right? And you're just sharp, so you go in, and it just 
you you just absolutely steamroller some people and it's uh and yeah, it's and fun right it pr- pretty much like the amount of rules that that were part of the games uh and the game at the time and faqs and stuff was right up my alley because especially um, with I, I i'm exactly because i was a designer but i was also a quality auditor and uh <laughs> okay. a, ch- a checker so i just i literally read through rules all day at work and yeah. have to memorize and, and correct other people that's was my job so it yeah. was a, another a good fit you find that that quite a lot of people who do well competitively because you don't mind me saying you, you you do well when you when you you compete right you you do quite a lot of uh, events and do tend to do quite well when you when you go and and go and play in these events you've got quite a few trophies i imagine yeah that's uh to be fair that's that's why i'm going uh obviously for the the camaraderie and the, all the friends i've made over the years but uh, i'm going to an event i'm trying to win it every time yeah that, that's cool i mean uh, you know it's only it's winning the right way because you know, you're, you're a top guy but you know it's like yeah it's it needs a bit of that it needs a bit of that com- competition because that that's what makes those uh makes those events really good when you're up in those echelons and there's a group of people that are all that like-minded and you end up kind of clashing at different events on the tables and and you get that kind of that rivalry in a friendly way like i had it like me and sure. jack and even with martin and stuff we always had these stories and we all got to play you again and i oh, do you remember that time when i played you at so-and-so and i still send pictures of martin my trophy that i i i won over him when i really shouldn't have done that <laughs> i know it really grinds his gear so i love sending him a picture of that every now and again yeah we we have that both within our club and now we're we're building a bit of a rivalry between the detroit and milwaukee area and it's it's going to be real fun awesome so you um you do a lot of tournaments um you know you sort of when you got into that in the Arb boys and that you just kind of stuck with it you went into aos and you just carried on or or did you have that did you have a bit of a break at a point or how did it happen uh i i stuck with it throughout um during aos uh when the turnover hit i stuck with it and i actually surprised a lot of my my gaming group uh, because almost all of the competitive guys that I played with switched over to ninth age, right? Um, yeah. Except, except, except for me, which, um, again, they, they kind of questioned that, and uh, we built up a new crew pretty much, and 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 stuck with it, even with uh, with MoComp and and uh, um, with South Coast GT uh, pool choices and all that stuff. But uh, even when there was there was downtime because I played a lot of Infinity and I was actually on yeah. an Infinity podcast with uh, some Warhammer Eighth Edition buddies. Um, even while doing that, I was still playing AOS and still competing in tournaments for AOS. I started uh, an not... Infinity podcast for about two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I I was we did it for pretty regularly for uh, about a year, but uh, like I said, even then I was still doing uh, at least four Warhammer tournaments a year that that year, even while doing Infinity stuff. Yeah, I find it really hard to split my time between games. So I think when AOS first came out, it was it was a lot easier to kind of like do it and in parallel with something else. I think now where we are with AOS two, it's become more like the old Warhammer, where it's kind of like you have to dedicate more time to it because it changes so much uh, so quickly. That's yeah. That's why I cut everything else off. I sold all my other games, uh, all my other armies, got rid of all the cards for any card games I had. The only other thing I have so kind of jealous. floating around. Yeah, the only thing I've got kind of floating around right now is Shadespire, and I've actually pulled way back on that lately too since AOS two came out. Everything's just coming out so rapid fire. 
I just, I just, I love Shades Spire, but I just don't get a chance to play it. And like, even when I go to an event, it's like the event next weekend, Blackout, um, there's a Grand Clash on the Friday. I'm probably not even going to play in that because by the time I get there, I'll probably be like, I've worked all week. I've been traveling. I'm going to arrive literally as it starts. I'm just not going to play it. I'm going to just chill out um, and focus on the event. So, right. but yeah, I completely understand that. Um, so what are you collecting? Because I know you, you play a lot of different armies, but what are you uh, using right now and what are you thinking about doing? I I have almost every army that has an army <laughs> book um, <laughs> because I, I'm I'm blessed enough that my, my wife plays and enjoys greatly Age of Sigmar. So she has a lot of armies. I have a lot of armies. They become mm. our armies. Um, right now, I have a human-sized stack of Daughters of Cain in the basement. Um, <laughs> I saw that. I, 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 put, I, went, I returned mine. I bought the same stuff, and I went, nope, nope, just return it, get credit. Um, yeah, I, I'll grind it out. I, uh, I've i got nothing else going on right now for any events coming up soon. I Nagash, for me, was a, a one and done because he's been uh, sitting in my, in my display cabinet since uh, the end times where I took him to one event, and I've been itching to have a good excuse to get him back out, which this AOS 2 is perfect for, obviously. Um, but he's not uh, an army that I, I want to play long term, so I need to get the the daughters assembled and painted. He feels a little bit like a one trick pony kind of the army, doesn't it? So you get a little bit uh, of play around the edges, but basically the army's all about him, isn't it? So that's, uh, I think there'll be some pretty hard hard counters that will be quick to be discovered. So yeah, exactly. So I think because it's it's kind of eggs in one basket. It's there will be armies that will be able to counteract the basket and you'll be like oh fuck all my eggs are everywhere uh shit all right i didn't win that but then you'll be kind of beholden to the draw in a way like going through a tournament going i hope i don't play x or y and then i'll be fine but if i play that then i'm basically not going to be able to podium when i saw the the army the army lists come out and there were uh because of the obvious changes to shooting and and unit choices for uh for the Caradron Overlords, when I saw no Caradron Overlords, because there's a couple of major clown car players in the Midwest, and either they weren't bringing them or they just didn't show up. A big sigh of relief when I didn't see any on the on the army list. And yeah, I think sure. one strong shooting army would have made quite a difference. Yeah, I think so. Because um, we'll talk about the, the breakdown of the list in the event when we get into it, because uh, shooting army, shooting is definitely the way to deal with Nagash, you know. Um, like rend shooting that isn't mortal wounds, I think it's probably the best way to get rid of him. Um, but yeah, interesting. So you've got your daughter's a cane project. Um, is that you're you're going to be concentrating on that for a while? Have you, or are you just are you just kind of are you a bit like me where you just buy a load of stuff and just fleet between it all and go everything? Um, I I promise nothing. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I I I built half painted and sold two Nurgle armies already since uh, finding out about them for AOS two. Um, I I've done maybe one other project since then that really hasn't done anything either. So I I've got a couple of things going. Uh, That's what I want to focus on for sure. Especially with the, the amount that I have invested in it's a very expensive army. So I got to do something with it. Yeah, totally, totally see that. Um, I'm still, I still want to get my first Stormcast army painted, even though I've had them since the release on AOS one. I still haven't painted a single Stormcast model. 
I painted one. Yeah, we... Actually, I painted one off the, the the magazine, the Push Fit one. And since then, I've owned every single model that come out for Stormcast, and I've painted none of them. Wow, I've got a problem. We have we have three Stormcast armies. Uh, we have two two different fully painted armies for Stormcast in the yeah, basement right. right now. So I feel your pain. Well, you've actually models. painted them though. I've done nothing. Andrea painted them. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. She, was, they're they're hers. I was gonna ask because um, you obviously you play a lot of different stuff and you're into the gaming. Do you, is is the painting side of it a thing for you, or is it? I just want to get them done and get them on the table. Uh, it's for me. It's a necessary evil, but I do take pride in them. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I my skill has exponentially increased, but I'm not trying to do anything other than hit all all my points for painting, which uh, is a little more strict and varied in the U.S. There's like a, a tick box system where you have to get varying levels uh, in order to get all of your points. And it can be it can be very hard or it could be very easy depending on the event. Um, and no matter where I'm going, I want to make sure I have I have blending, I have shading, I have freehand and conversions and uh, a, a well-built and themed display board, all that stuff. But so. it's driven more it, about tournament points than the want to do it? Absolutely. Yeah. But no question. Damus, you're a bit different, aren't you? You kind of you're a bit more of a hobby guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's the the number of, of best painted trophies in my cabinet. That's you know, I have more of those than anything else. So I've always loved the hobby side of it. And um so I you know, that's always been my goal is to have something that can compete but really hobby focused first. Um I just I don't like to be the the welcome mat, but I'm not necessarily too bothered about winning all my games either so i have one third place player's choice trophy (laughs) that that was that was the event where everybody got a try (laughs) is that like turning up like you paid your money well done uh yeah you got you got something (laughs) we caught the yeah we have those uh yeah no we don't get those um yeah okay we used to actually back in eighth when you had all the different armies and you used to get like best in races like the people that played like Beastmen or Tomb Kings, would be like one person there. It'd be like default, default. Look, I've got another yeah. trophy. It's like that's yeah. almost destruction these days. Yeah, it feels that way. <laughs> um. So um. Okay. So that's a bit about you guys. So that's great. Um. So Domus, you obviously run uh the Midwest Meltdown. So we'll just give us a little bit of an overview of the event and your rules pack. What you what you decided to do because obviously Age Sigma two literally just hit and the FAQ hit after your event, didn't it? So you had to do some house rules and things. And I know you obviously you're on the playtest so you get a little bit of a insight. Um yeah, definitely helps. Um yeah, this was our second year. I I started it last year and I uh, honestly the biggest reason I started it was was to give Alex Gonzalez a place, a tournament to play in because the guy's running all of our tournaments in the scene and he didn't have any to go to. And it was awful. (laughs) So, so I literally put it on for that. And then it was my birthday weekend as well. So it was also, I mean, what better way to spend your birthday and hang out with all your, well, face all your friends. Birthday weekend. So, you know, is it fantastic? Good to know. So, you know, we'll be all hanging out. Good stuff. Um, So that, yeah, that was what we did the first year we had, I had spots, I think, for 30, maybe 40 the first year. I had 27, um, you know, and it, it was a bit of a struggle. We lost money, all that stuff that goes along with Not the really. first year. But yeah. it was so fun. You know what? We, Tom and Tom runs it with me. Um, he's kind of the silent partner, very silent. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Do you mean, when you, you mean he does all the work, you get all the credit? No. 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 Okay, that's fine then. No. <laughs> he, he's... 
he is my he's the financial backer. So oh, okay. if I need somebody to pay for something, he pays for it, and then then I reimburse him with. Did he do the admin on the day? No, he does. Uh, <laughs> like this this year, I told him. I said, "Look, I, you're not responsible for anything." Because last year, I needed him to do stuff, and he didn't. And I was, and it just caused problems. So I just said, "This year, you're free to do whatever." Uh, he ended up playing the Ringer, and he loved it, uh, yeah. which is weird. But Tom loved it, so more okay. power to him. I find it can put a bit of a strain on on your friendship as well. Like when you when you're in that situation, because uh, I run two events with friends. Um, and and sometimes you because you, you're comfortable around each other as well you'll say something um and not necessarily think about what you're saying especially me i do this a lot um, i do too and i had a bit of a i had a bit of a moment with les on the first face hammer and um as i'm sure you won't mind me saying and then i've had a i've had a couple moments with uh, dan and wayne before um so yeah it's a uh, it can definitely um it can definitely put a bit of pressure on when you when you're running an event and there's there's a lot of stuff happening all at once so uh, but yeah it's uh it's it's worthwhile it's it's good to do and it's nice that i think it's great that you do it and you're kind of thinking about the other people who run events and saying well they need something to play they need somewhere to go as well you know so i mean the guy ran everything for us so i just that was really why i started it so now and now we got more events popping up aos is bursting it's great um so we're hoping next year to come back again maybe shoot for 100 would be a nice goal yeah, how many people did you have this year? This year we had sixty slots. We had fifty-seven day one. We had a couple drops. A couple people dropped for As game usual. five. Yeah, yeah. So and they just were tired, and it was fine. So uh, we had fifty-seven day one. So that's, that's respectable. That's the number. Of yeah, I'm, like, I'm real yeah, happy with it. That's really good. Yeah. Um, I so especially when... with AOS two and all the, you know, it was such a big change. Oh yeah. It's kind of weird. It's like the first edition change in Age of Sigma. I've done them in previous Warhammer, but although like the game is essentially the same, it's such a big change. It's massive. It, it was. It was. I mean, we had you know plenty of time to be prepared, but the the populace didn't. So, um, you know, it was, it was really massive, and I was trying to see it from their side at every step. Um, so, one of my goals for my tournament has always been to try to play more by the book. Um, in as minimal extra rules as possible. Yeah. Uh, which, that proved really challenging this year. Yeah. Uh, with with some of the stuff that we that we learned after the first weekend. What was that? Six Nations. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so we learned just, some stuff. <laughs> some stuff was learned. You know, yeah, I just, lessons were learned. <laughs> I wow. had the FAQ in my hand. Um, you know, and 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 it was uh, there was a fine balance of of what made sense to use and what made not sense to use without. So, it's, you know, I had all these house rules and it seemed like I'm comping to the nines. Um, and in reality, you're just 95, making it what it's going to be in, on Monday. 95. Right? Per, yeah. yeah, it was exactly it. It's like, dude, this is what we're playing on Monday. I just can't tell you that. <laughs> yeah. It's a really so, weird place. Cause, exactly. Oh, the games only just come out. Why are you changing everything? And I and I was I'd had chats I was I was respectful there you know there was some wishes placed and and I observed those and I I I didn't change any of this stuff you know I was asked uh, nicely not to so I just let it be and we had you know spell portals were a thing and uh, I knew they would be Uh, I knew I knew knew somebody was going to abuse them turns out it was Brad yeah. The and all his buddies. Before they change it, I gotta do it. 
I've got to get my one my one mirror finger in before it stops. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they, um, we, I also borrowed a thing from the SCGT, and we did a coolest army this year. All right, sweet. Uh, yeah, it was super fun. I, I'm my paint scoring is pretty simple. I like to give people max paint, um, yeah. so it's really pretty simple to achieve. And I would say eighty percent or more had max paint at my event. So I'm I'm trying to use the coolest army award to kind of inspire people. Yeah. To do more custom conversions, themed armies, um, just anything that's cool, just bring it. Yeah, that's what we we try and do. It try and keep the painting simple and allow people who aren't necessarily like into the painting, but more the gaming, still be able to compete. But if you're into the painting, there's prizes and stuff for you as well. So yeah, kind of keeps it both going. So, um, so you're playing obviously AOS two, um, and you were playing Malign Sorcery, I assume all of that. Yes. Yes. Um, did you just use the new scenarios, the new six from the handbook, or were you using all eighteen, or what? How did you do the scenarios? I so what I did was I posted nine out of the eighteen, and I said I said the five scenarios we will play will be out of this list of nine, okay. which include included all six of the new, and it included Gift of the Heavens, Duality of Death, and I I think the other one was Three Places of Power, but don't quote me on that. What's that? And Border War. Border War. Okay. So that's what the, the third one was. And then... What, no knife uh, to the heart and taken hold? I'm surprised. No, no. <laughs> just... just... <laughs> Sorry, I'm kidding. I'm just messing So just shake, shaking stuff up. <laughs> yeah. You know, I wanted to play... We played four of the new scenarios, um, which was always my plan, but I didn't yeah. want to tell people that, so I was trying to do a fake out at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Try to keep people on their toes, right? Yep, and then we used we used the realm rules, and I set the realm. Um, it, so, but 15 minutes or so, you know, at the end of the first game, I announced the next round scenario in the realm yeah. that was going to be in play and the realmscape. So I picked the realm, and I picked the realmscape. We didn't roll. Yeah, yeah, I think um, it's the best way in a tournament, to be honest. Yeah, there's a couple there that, that, I, that I think will minimize funds, so it just seemed like, the, the right way to handle it and then the only house rule that i made was i we didn't use the extra beast for gur yeah um because it, it was short notice i didn't want to ask everybody to bring an extra monster um no totally you know, i just that, yeah. i just thought it would be too much insanity to try to add to there's so much new going on i, I just was trying to keep it to a minimum there's a lot of people talking about that in terms of the new game like like you've got okay you've got your core rules there's some changes there You've got your new handbook. Obviously, we know about handbooks. It's not a big deal. You've got new scenarios. Yeah, okay, cool. That's something to learn. Then you've got this endless spell, malign sorcery and realms layered over the top of it. And then you've got a lot of FAQs and you've got all the summoning changes. And there's, it kind of, I think to some people, it feels a little bit like disjointed. It's all over the place. Um, and it's quite a lot to absorb. Like, actually, one of the beauties of Age of Sigmar was the kind of the, how easy it was to pick up and play. Yep. And a lot of people online have been saying, oh, it's 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 like too much now. But what what I like about it is is you, there are a lot of layers, but you don't necessarily have to use the layers. So if you're a new player, you probably just would play the starter set or the core rules and not worry about the rest. And then as you get into it, you could expand out. So I think, I don't know if it's that warranted, but I think um, it's nice to have those extra layers of depth um, uh, and have those options as a tournament organizer as well. And I think in a few months, all the, it's just so much change right now. And oh, after a few down. months, 
after a few months of playing it, this will be old hat for everybody. They'll have understand and digested it and know this stuff. But the 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 biggest, and I did pass this on to the GW folks, the biggest issue I had, my players were telling me about that I heard over and over and over all weekend was flipping through the different source books. Yeah. Three books plus facts. You know, just just rules were everywhere, and they were just having to do a lot of digging and hunting. That's why for, for my preparation for the event, I, I went to Kinko's, and it's a, it's a copy place here in the States, uh, and I made front and back reference cards of the realm and the realm spells. Um, I made copies and reference cards of all of the core rule hardcore, or hardcover rulebook uh, scenarios, and then I also made copies of my allegiance ability and spell lores on, all on reference sheets so I wouldn't have to flip pages. And then I played between the release of uh, 2.0 and the event in the month or so, I played over 20 games with the same army, just repping it out to get the practice in. Wow, super prepped, love it. I wish, I wish for me, like one of the things I really miss from old edition was the spell cards. I just really wish they were a thing. So like, it's so much easier. Like even just in your battle tomes spells, if they were there, I know some people make their own ones. I think you can go on like a magic card creator type thing and make your own cards, but. I just I love the um, I used to love the old spell decks. Used to buy the cards with the battle tome. It was kind of the thing. We have got the war scroll yeah. cards. It'd be nice to have the like the magic lore cards. Just I, cool. I agree. That's I, I used those exclusively before, and especially with my uh, with my Zinch army. Uh, I played change host before this army, and it was the same. I just had I had a sheet, uh, a front and back sheet of a, a eight and a half by eleven copy directly out of the rulebook, laminated that I could reference directly. I want those for everything. I want scenarios. I want realm rules. I, I want all of it because I'll buy it all and I'll use it all. Yeah, it's a bit like the, on the new Kill Team stuff. There's a lot of card references to all the rules. You don't really go to a rule book. It's all on cards. Um, that's what you get in fantasy flight games a lot, like Star Wars Legions is a bit like that, and I, I think Rune Wars as well. Um, everything's on a card, so you don't really need a rule book. The rule book's there for the core mechanics, but you don't need... You're not going into books for like referencing charts, tables, and things like that. So, um, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, uh, the, the FAQs, obviously, the nature of the game. There's a, with the change to summoning things like that. There's obviously a lot of books needed in that amendment, and that means you have to have another bit of paper or a document to look at. But I'd rather they changed it than left it. If that makes sense. Great. Great. Right. So, and like you said, I think it'll settle down, but. Um, so you're using the realm rules and the spells and the artifacts, I assume, were okay yep. to use. Um, did you use the firestorm stuff, or was that was that out of the picture? No, I let that I let that go in. Uh, firestorm was lit. Nobody used it at all. No. Um, which I was kind of surprised. I thought we might see a, a firestorm iron jaws army, but yeah, was that? I think I don't I don't think it's that bad anymore. I mean, when it first came out, there were a few things that. Well, they fixed abused, it, though, but right? they fixed it, so it's like, yeah, it's fine. Crack on, you know, live and let live in it. Um, what was the? Um, did you guys use the war scrolls for the terrain, like the GW terrain, like the the woods and and the dragon fake DS and stuff? Or did you just go, just roll the dice and use the chart, keep it simple? So only the woods. I and I and I announced before the tournament, and there was there was two citadel woods on every table, and they weren't actually citadel woods; they were the Adepticon forest. But I just. I said, these these are the only ones that get a war scroll. Um, some cheeky clubs brought a bunch of Citadel Wood actual models, hoping that they would get the rules, too. I won't name any names, Brad. <clears throat> but <laughs> I won't name um, any names, but you. <laughs> Brad. Yeah, well, we all have Sylvaneth armies. Come on. 
uh-huh. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so I, so yeah, all there was two Wildwoods on every table. Uh, not Wildwood, Citadel Forest, and that was the only of the terrain scrolls I used. Cool. And then we and then we rolled for everything else. Yeah, yes. yeah. So just as usual, yeah. All right, sweet. So, um, in terms of your scoring, then just what was? How did you determine the winner? What was it like? Twenty nil, win loss draw. You know, it was. Uh, it was twelve nine. No. Three. Oh, okay, unusual. Yeah. It it was twelve for a win. Um, nine for a, for a ma- twelve for a major, nine for a minor, and then I want to say it was three for a minor loss. I don't remember. I don't have it in front of me. Mm. Yeah, then zero for major loss, and then there was the secondary objective every game. So the the secondary objective was interesting because in the past we've last year we did a list and we let you pick before every game. Yeah. Um, and this year I actually used. Um, the additional strategies out of the the core rules are on page 319. Oh, they're really cool, those. I used those, and I just, I rolled it before the game, and I just gave, I said, here's the strategy. And I got a lot of feedback about that, and I, I think there's better ways to implement that in the future. Um, but I thought it, I was, my goal was to try to reduce stuff. Again, just yeah. take choices away, take extra layers away, but still provide another way to pregame sequence to be like, 30 minutes as well do you i mean like exactly that was always the problem i have when you go to events and it's like bespoke scenarios or stuff that is announced just before and you're like right how does this work let me read this let's have a discussion and you're like 20 minutes into the round you haven't put a model on the table yet i mean ultimately my concern was having two guys at the end on max points so the the secondaries helped break up the winners too Mm. um did you have a tie break was that secondaries Kill points was the tiebreak. Right, okay. So I track. I took. I recorded kill points every game as well. So that was my, um, that was my tiebreakers. Did you do difference or just what you actually killed? Just what you killed. Yeah. I wish um, you did difference. That would have been awesome. Yeah, for Nagash. So of course you said that. <laughs> you won anyway, Brad. Stop asking for more advantage. And, and then <laughs> I, I need it. If I all kill points counted. So if you killed something and you brought it back to the table, you still killed it. So you got those points. Oh, okay, cool. Even if it was return a slain unit, yep, you you still killed it. Yeah, but I mean, it's back. I know it is, but you still killed it once. Kill it so, again. Right. Get two I, I made before. the I made the exact same argument, Russ. You, Even though we're I, right, we played it Domus's way. Yeah, it's fine. We, we played the wrong <laughs> way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And there was yeah. a, there was there was I think three people in the entire tournament who got over two thousand, but it was cool to see. So nice. Was it like? Um, did you? How did you handle like end spells and formation points? Did you just say, "Well, you're not killing that," or if you killed everything in a formation, did you get that? Or yeah, you... yes for the yes for the battalions. If you killed everything, you could get battalion points. Endless spells were impossible because you can't kill them. No, same fine. same with miss, missing points for command points. Yeah. Same thing. So, the, so the guy who brought an 1830 list with five endless spells and command points was ahead of the curve. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's almost like it becomes a bit of a problem like if you're if you go into like an event and you play someone you're like well i can only score 1500 points max it it kind of i don't know i think i've been thinking about it as a to what could you do about it um so but yeah it's another discussion i i think I the guess. guy just plays the in that game the guy just plays the scenario to win and doesn't worry about kill points yeah that, but they, that's my take on that they're important though, aren't they? So 
I guess. Maybe it's no different than getting a bad matchup. I don't know. So Yeah, I think it's the same personally, but but I did pause and think about that as well. Cool. All right. Sounds fun. Um so obviously it's called the Midwest Meltdown, but whereabouts are you guys based and where do you play? Where was this event? Just I guess I don't uh, say in the Midwest because obviously that's obvious. <laughs> yeah, we're in we're in East Peoria, Illinois. Um is where the event was this year, which is about three hours south of Chicago. Right, okay, so that's the event, that's great. So, Brad, you, you took your list, your Nagashis, and you talked about all your prep you did. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about what you ended up taking and if you had any, like, last minute, or oh, I'm going to take this instead, or I'm going to do this, and if you, during your testing, you decided to take something different, do you just go through your list and how you got there? That makes sense? Sure. Uh, yeah, to start off, um, this entire event was kind of a, a joke, taking a shot at our friend Brendan Melnick from Milwaukee, who... Right. For the last year, for the last year or so, has played Nagash in almost every event. So he's been doing well and winning best death and calling himself the Lord of Death on Twitter. So my clubmates and I all got together and decided to all take Nagash. Right. Um, we we all had to paint up about half an army, if not an entire army. And uh, the last one, Jake painted up. He bought and painted up the entire army just for this event within, I think, three weeks. Right. Okay. So is our, it just our preparation, this guy, is that literally it? Yes, it, it, that is it. Yes, right, amazing. <laughs> yeah, and 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 right after lists were were due, I told him that this is what was happening, and he goes, "Oh, that's that's funny. What are you really taking?" And but, yeah, <laughs> he's like, no, no. "Oh, you guys hate you guys hate me, don't you?" And it was pretty funny. Um, he he obviously does very well because he got second place, even though we all tried to take him out. Um, wow, but. Le- leading up to the event, it was pretty much Nagash versus Nagash practice matches all mm. in my basement for a month. And uh, Andrea and Al and Colin, our poor clubmates, uh, playing against Nagash over and over again. Um, yeah. The list started. The list How started out. Left with, you. Sorry, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I, I buy her lots of Warhammer models. Yeah, 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 like you, you can, just just go through the pain. It will all be over in a few weeks, and then you can start well, enjoying get it, again. Get it. Get a new RV after that. Yeah. Uh, it, the list started off with uh, just Nagash and um, 120 skeletons, so just loads and loads of bodies. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I, I kind of it worked well in the mirror matches, and it worked well in other matches, but um, I, I didn't feel like it had the ability to just outright win games. Um, yeah, it's like so, it, it just grinds, and you kind of sneak through on a scenario. But it doesn't really, it doesn't have that like, oh, the game's over in two turns, right? And and we started prepping some of these uh, practice matches before Malign Sorcery came out, so we were uh, we weren't playing with endless spells at first, mm-hmm. and we weren't playing with realm spells. So once all that came out for everybody in our group to start playing with and uh, practicing full time with, um, I started noticing both mortal wounds and. In the mirror match, we were kind of standoffish, like Nagash wouldn't commit without worrying about what was going on around him. So I decided to go with Arkin to get the extra reach for the mirror match. Yeah. And uh, and obviously just more magic, giving uh, Curse of Years uh, in all of my practice games did amazing, but it did literally nothing in the actual tournament itself. It's just a threat um, of it, though. Could you just right. leave it last and you're like, they're going to save and unbind for it. They're going to let stuff go that they probably shouldn't let go because just in case. And they're going to focus on that spell. And actually, it very rarely does anything. But it and could. I, I, uh, 
I settled on chain rasps over skeletons where everyone else in my club went with dire wolves and ske- and their one block of 40 skeletons because um, the the amount of attacks turned out to be pretty good in most of the matchups because it was chain rasps versus the army's other kind of expendable unit. And I thought they came out on top in that matchup and they were a little bit fast, but they weren't dire wolf fast and they were ethereal and they could fly so they could get to objectives i thought easier than the direwolves even though the direwolves sure. were faster um yeah. and then uh lord executioner with a lens of refraction cuz i played around with um with just a uh a cairn wraith who's yeah. only 40 points in st- or was he 60, 60 points 60 yeah so so he was uh that's an endless spell right there. That's 20 points to put on another spell. But in the end, uh, he's only four wounds instead of five, and he yeah. doesn't have the extra five-up uh, five ignore. It doesn't have the minus one for a hero if you're in free. Exactly. Yeah. That, that never came into play, but it was a threat that I could push him forward, um, and he was uh, survivable enough to sit on an objective in, in a duality or a three places Um three places and the orbs because he had the artifacts. So he, he ended up going in there and I went through a couple of different versions of endless spells. And in the end, uh, stuck with Geminids and spell portal, but yeah, I also Geminids had super good. Even, even post, uh, post FAQ. I still, I still think them. Gemin- Yeah. They still have a place in my list, I think. Yeah. Um, but I also ran Palisade and, uh, the pendulum, so I had all four spells mm-hmm. or var- variations of all four of those spells in my list throughout playtesting as well. Yeah. And did you, when you were playtesting, you tried these different things out? And did you, how, what was the kind of the moment where you went, yeah, Chain Rasps is, that's where I want to go? What, uh, what made you decide that? I think in a, a couple of different games where I played uh, Chain Rasps, uh, not only against skeletons, but it, with my clubmate Sean, I ended up playing in the Realm of Fire in one game and one unit of 10 Chain Rasps with the spell to do extra damage. So they were doing the work of, say, 20 Chain Rasps, but they, they were able to take off the last half of Prince Vordry. Right. And, and, I, and I was like, well, these guys, if buffed or in the, in the right situation, can be pretty solid, and really all I absolutely need them for is to sit on objectives or be chaff or be a screen that is somewhat survivable. And then with the... Uh, the, the Legion of Nagash rules to be able to, to bring them back so quickly. Uh, a unit of 20 and a couple of units of 10s for, for flanking objectives were, were pretty solid. Fair enough. So what was your your final list then? What did you end up settling on top to bottom? It was Nagash with Overwhelming Dread, Pinions, and Soul Harvest. Uh, it was Arkin with uh, Amaranthine Orb. And it was the lens of refraction on the Lord Executioner. And then 40 skeletons with spears, 20, 10, 10 chain rasps, geminids, and spell portal, which left me with 100 unused points for two command points. It's quite a small army, isn't it? It, 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 it is and it isn't because it's still 80-plus uh, models. Yeah. But, but, but when you think about it, the amount of points that are in the top end, all the characters, it is very small. Were you tempted with taking like chain rasps? Were you tempted to go for right? Let's let's go for um, you know guardian of soul, spirit of torment, things like that. Or you just think I'm just wasting too many points here. I need to just focus on you know I just need to focus on having bodies on the table and making my characters and spells do the work. 
my lists obviously tend to be very min max and this list was pretty lean on available points to be spent on any sort of support character because at first i didn't have uh i had nagash and a necromancer and that was it and then i had nagash and arkin and that was it and it was it was not until the last week before the event that i actually decided to put the lord executioner in there finally um and and i played a game or two with him and i I was really, I was very high on his possibilities for both protecting the two big guys from from Croak or from other Nagashes that uh, pretty much everybody in our club switched to that right before list de- deadline as well. Yeah, I was looking and I I could see that basically, almost, I can I can tell they've all got this, uh, they've all got that same guy, you know, and it's like oh, okay, weird. Um, but I guess the the lens is so good at protecting against some of those um, sort of in the meta and in the the mirror. I noticed that your clubmates seem to have sort of went with Prince Vordry over um, Arkham. Uh, Sean has played with Prince Vordry a lot. Uh, Jake is a really aggressive player, so he kind of fell in line with Sean uh, and and played him the same way. They just really liked his his damage output threat rather than maybe the control or board control threat of Arkham. Mm. But then uh, Michael also went with Arkan because he plays a lot of uh, Lords of Sacrament or Legion of Sacrament. Yeah, I like Arkan a lot. I mean, he's he's super good. And um, you mentioned Brendan, who, who came second. He he he's got the, the Gash Necro. That's it. And he's got the more yeah, traditional load- kind of forty skellies, forty skellies, and then a and honestly, rasp, so it, in the straight up mirror match with Brendan, I th- actually thought he had the. Uh, uh, he had the better list against my list, maybe not the better list against Jake and Sean, but in the end, uh, our clubmates ended up playing against each other, and he ended up playing against our clubmate who had uh, Sylvaneth, <laughs> who was able to take him out. The yeah. Sylvaneth were able to take him out. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, sweet. So that was your your list you went into. So I think what we we'll do is we'll have a have a little break, and then when we come back. We'll talk about your experience, like the the scenarios, who you played, you know, what what was kind of the the ups and downs, and then we'll talk to Domus as well about anything he saw at the event that surprised him, or, or lists, or anything that was particularly impressive or surprising. Um, and then we'll just wrap up, I think, and, and and talk about that. I might ask your guys to talk about my Nighthaunt list for Blackout as well, if we've got a bit of time, but we'll see. Facehammer is sponsored by Element Games. So for great customer service, all the latest Age of Sigmar releases at 20% off, and all your hobby needs, go to www.elementgames.co.uk. To support us directly, click through the banner on our website and let them know that you came from us. And we're back from the break so um we talked a bit about um the sort of the lead up to the event and the, the format and um brad's list so i guess we should talk about um what you ended up playing but because you the list come out before the event right is that right right it did I, I i published everything what the thursday before the event right okay cool so there's a few days to really like mull over everything yeah, and I, I hadn't planned on doing that, but I just thought with it being our first AOS 2 event, um, I thought it would be a neat twist and give people something to look at a couple of days. We'd already been talking. Uh, I run everything through a Facebook 
uh, group. So we'd already been talking on the group and I'd been throwing out some stats like, you know, the ungodly number of blight kings and blight cysts at the event and just different factoids like that. And it was fun. I was asking people to guess. Um, well, so I eventually well, I just published Steven the Spilsbury, list. So that was because I played him at Adepticon and he had so many blight kings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, between him and Greg Dupuy, I think they had. They said they had seventy to eighty Blight Kings on the table. Yeah, yeah, we loved it because we're obviously into analysis and just everything about lists. So we spent the entire car ride going over every single list. It was great. Yeah, it's one of the problems we we've gone to a lot of like submit your stuff on the day, but I used to do a lot of like the list build up and stuff prior event to build a bit of hype and. Kind of missed that a little bit, to be honest. I so I I had them submit the week before, and I locked all the rules the week before, um, just just so we, you know, I wanted to have some chance to look at the list besides the day of, um, and I wanted to have a clear locked rules date rather than just show up and play. And I just yeah. counted there was a hundred and fifty five Blake Kings at the tournament. Wow, <laughs> that's a lot. How many weeks? Out of is that? out of, out of sixty of players. Yeah. Well, that's like over six hundred wounds. Yeah, it's a lot. That's a lot. Wow. Still, one, still one curse of years. <laughs> one curse. Don't think they're in one unit, <laughs> but yeah. It's that one curse. Take them off. Wow, that'd be amazing. Tw- I don't think there was any twenty packs. I think there were tens, though. Yeah, I think you get a bit of diminishing returns when you go above ten. I think, but I agree. Yeah, that's cool. So, um. Obviously, seeing the list, uh, Brad, and going into this, and obviously, it sounds like you were super keen to to take the event out. Um, was there any lists you learned and went, "Oh God, I don't want to play that"? Uh, on one hand, no, but on the other hand, there were three lists that I was like, "Wow, these are tough lists that I need to watch out for." Um, one of them was uh, uh, Daughters of Cain list that was uh, Drachiganeth uh, Slaughter Troop. And it's yeah. kind of one of, one of the lists that I had been building, except I don't think it was uh, max potential because there was only one wizard with Mind Razor, but they also had two endless spells. So I think those were wasted points that could have been spent on more on more witches or sisters. Um, there was a Stormcast list that was uh, Chuck Dergina. He had a couple of big blocks of sequiturs and... Uh, three Celestar Ballistas with the Lord Ordinator. Uh, and I thought that was another really tough list. That's also what I kind of had been building with Stormcast lists I had been writing. Yeah. And uh, another guy from Michigan who's not officially part of our club, uh, Jeremy Tucker, had what I thought was by far the best Nurgle list at the event because uh, I personally don't rate Blight Cyst very high, uh, but that's also because of the armies that I'm playing at the time. Uh, he had uh, Great Unclean One, Horticulus, Festus, 30, 30 Plague Bearers, 6 Drones, 5 Blight Kings, and Geminids. And I thought, just with solid play, that's about as baseline, take-all-comers, good Nurgleist as you can kind of yeah. write. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's very similar. I think the core, 230s, is is straight on. Horticulus gives you, gets your Contagion going. Um, you know, great and clean one. You've got the Drones for the Compact. Festus is amazing. Um, Geminids is super good. So, yeah, I think it's decent, yeah. Yeah. yeah, those were those were the three lists other than the other Nagash lists and 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 Brendan's list that I was like, all oh, those are pretty solid lists. I have to really watch out for these ones. Were Not you... really taking player into account for any of that analysis. 
were you worried about playing against other Nagash players? Uh, no, because I had uh, Arkin and more command points than all of them. So you, you planned the mirror in a way, but then convinced all your club to take the army. <laughs> was it some sort of cunning plan? Is that what you're saying? We we talked about it many like for two solid weeks. We all talked about the different versions that we had and and exactly what we had and why. Uh, the joke was that Jake was going to fake us all out and then take a clown car at the last minute. Yeah, that would have been he amazing. Should, he should. He's have. so oh shit. Oh my god. That would have been fucking hilarious. And, and been somehow hilarious. he's playing another one of his clubmates. I don't know how this happens. Damon's is just. Like steepling his fingers behind the computer, going. <laughs> it's fu- it's funny you say that because um, I'm actually gonna I'm putting a rule in the pack next year. So I gave <laughs> I gave immunity day one. I do my best to give club immunity day one. Yeah. Um, and I I have no ill will towards those guys. I don't think they were necessarily end running on the rules, but it after I thought about it, you know, having immunity to your clubmates with the hardest list in the tournament and y'all brought a very similar kind of list, give me pause. So the Detroit rule of one will be in will be in effect for next year, which I, will, is going to give me the ability to break club safe, safety from turn one on. Yeah, I think so it they, makes a big difference. If if they do that next year, they will play each other turn one, and that I don't care about your grudge. I don't care about anything. <laughs> and what would be really funny as well, like they will be like, yeah, we'll totally do this thing because we can't, and then uh, they'll get to like they'll start like meta in the list to count the list that they've been talking about with each other, but actually they've got a secret <laughs> list. That should be you, you should do that just for the the, the lols. We, that would I, I we did actually have it was a secret all the way up until list deadline and I actually was intentionally posting pictures of half assembled daughters of Cain on Twitter the entire time. Wow, that's that's like a game within a game. <laughs> it's like it's like Age of Sigma Inception. It it was pretty ridiculous, but it was it was really fun along the way and, and it turned out pretty well See, obviously. I don't understand how you have this reputation, Brad. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool. I, it's you know, it's all good and fun, isn't it? So um, that's yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um okay, so really there wasn't a lot of shooting was there at the event. I like, look through the list, there is there's not a lot. Yeah. There, there was there a, was a there was a KO with no rend, really. I mean you had some skyhooks but no draw cannons to speak of and there was a skyer list but with the lens they you know, well, the lens doesn't protect against that, but the Skyless was probably the heaviest shooting list then, and he's not going to get close. So, no, yeah, Did, that was part of the reason for the amount of bodies too. Yeah, what was your like if if there was like a list that you would if the, obviously not from the list that were there, but if there was something that turned up on the table, would you go, oh my god, I can't, I can't deal with that. I don't want to play that at all. Uh. Probably kind of the list that I'm writing now, which is the just massive bodies of Daughters of Cain. Yeah. Just, just swarm, very durable, can put out tons and tons of attacks. Uh, and what about, how would you feel about playing against four Husk Guards on Thunder Tusk and seven units of ten orcs? Would that scare you? Four, four Husk Guards and what? On Thunder Tusks. That's what I played game two. And uh, like 70 orcs. Oh, 70 orcs. No, he was he he didn't have enough points for that because it was well, it was the Frost Lord on Stonehorn, three three thunder tusks, two tusks. Well, he had two husk guards and a and a normal tusk. Yeah, Yeah. so he had three thunder tusks shooting snowballs, the Stonehorn, but then it was only regular beast claw, so it was just a couple of uh, 
a couple of Morn Fang. So he put he put thirteen wounds on Nagash in the bottom of turn one. So it was yeah. definitely scary. Because we we played at the um, Six Nations. Uh, Nikki took two War Scrolls in his army. One was the Huskard on Thunder Tusk, and the other one was Auric Boys. <laughs> was like, that was it. Yeah, and it was it was super good because it was like I'm gonna put I'm gonna heal everything auto and then I'm gonna put all these mortal wounds on you. Are those uh, are those two wounds or one? The boys? Uh, just one wound. Just just one. Okay. It's but just, yeah, still that's a lot of bodies and a lot of snowballs. I mean, because I mean I played that too in 2016. I I stole the Moo Moo Clan netlist and and won a couple of events with that too. Yeah, so I, I know I know exactly. I was just trying to give destruction players some hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, with the uh, okay, so basically, what you're worried about is is lots of bodies, uh, which could potentially do impactful damage through like a buff like piece, like mind razor or something like that. Sure. And um, high rent shooting. Fair, fair to say that that would be a problem. Both like, both of those, which which I think can be prevalent, especially with a lot of the new lists coming out, especially um, stormcast, right? Exactly. How would you feel about Deepkin? Uh, I wasn't too worried about it because I had enough to screen the Alpha Strike, yeah. um, which was kind of how they played. Uh, and then I could, could counterattack, could he heal could up and then counterattack. Bring the unit back, right? Oh, you killed it. Yeah. Oh, well done. It's back. Right. I, I would have loved to have seen a, a good Wanderer's Army with a good player piloting it. Because uh, I think Gladeguard could have put the Hurts to Nagash and the big guys like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it kind of depends on the realm and and uh, yep. it depends on the scenario because in the the first uh, round, uh, our club clubmate Michael played against pretty much that same list that I was worried about from the Stormcast with all the ballistas, and I was like, well, there goes our first Nagash loss. And it happened to be that he outdropped him, and they were playing in Shyish. So he was able to put the spell on Nagash that ignored all rend. Ugh. So he just smashed him off because he didn't have to worry about that high rend shooting at all. Yeah. Are you worried about mortal wounds? Is that a problem? Uh, no, because he has a four up against mortals. And if it's mm. the, the massive amount of mortals from spells that can maybe get through that from like a Zinch army. You've got the lens, we all, right? And you got, can unbind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the, the pre, pre-FAQ lens, so he could do pretty <laughs> much everything. Would you still take the lens now it's been FAQ'd? No. What, what would you change that artifact up? If you were running the same list, what would you change then? Uh, I would drop the Lord Executioner and buy no. another 10 Chain Rasps. <laughs> another, really? another 10... Or, or maybe uh, get uh, Pendulum in there or something, because that's kind of what it was before. I dropped, uh, I either dropped 10 Chain Rasps or another Endless Spell or two to get him in there. Do you think Do you think that's, because um, there, there is an artifact that means any spell that with a unit within six on a five of it doesn't do anything. I, I think that's quite a good artifact to take. And, and like for me, because some of the scenarios you need a hero with an artifact of power or a wizard, and they count as 20 models or, or to capture like having a model that you can park on objective and be like I don't care this guy does nothing in Mami, but I don't want Nagash having to stand on a, a point and do nothing he needs to be getting he needs to be doing work right he needs to be working but but the two scenarios in question where that was an issue uh, that we played it, at least what uh, well there was three because duality but we ended up not playing duality mm. Arkin is fast enough that he can move around with the orb. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. And then Nagash, uh, pretty much 
in three places, Arkin took the flank, Nagash took the center, and he can do his work standing in one place casting spells. So that was kind of my, my philosophy for those scenarios. Um, so you, even if it was only those two characters, I think I would have been fine. Okay. So you didn't, you, with the execution, then you weren't very impressed with him, or you just it was just the lens that you had him for, really? I had him for the lens and for uh, just a tertiary uh, possible score for those scenarios. I just ended up not having to use him at all for those scenarios. Okay, cool. Fair enough. Um, sweet. So let's talk about the scenarios that you played at the event then. And was there any in the list of nine uh, that you thought, that's a weak one for me? Uh, I like this one. This one's a little bit, oh, I don't really like this one. Was there any like that that you were worried about playing? No, because I... I practiced all nine of them and mm. I thought that I at least had a plan going in uh, for all of them. Uh, matchups definitely could have screwed up those plans, but at the very least I had practiced and planned for pretty much everything. Cause you took a list that can basically win any scenario out of the nine and right, you just yeah, have to I play took, around it, whatever the scenario is. Right. Because like you say, I did have the executioner with the artifact intentionally for kind of mm. a backup for those scenarios. But then I also, I went with the 40, 20, 10, 10 for uh, high objective count scenarios uh, instead of trying to go larger or more expensive units. Uh, I, I wanted more MSU because I even had a list that um, I had another 10 as, as a separate unit for another mm. small chap unit when I didn't have the Lord Executioner. Yeah, so, all, yeah, all 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 of those were definitely taken into account and part of the factor for the final list. Cool. Uh, and what scenarios did you end up playing, and who did you play? So we just got to go run for it, sort of briefly. Sure. Uh, game one was uh, Gift of the Heavens against Tanya, who grudged me. Um, and I went back and forth with Domus. I was like, uh, I'm going to send her a message. I, I just want to know, want her to know exactly what she's asking. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she, 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 she said, yes, I fully understand, and this is probably the only way we'll get to play, so I kind of want to play. So Domus, for that reason, uh, Domus said that the grudge was okay. Yeah, fair enough. And we ended up playing uh, Gift of the Heavens in Shyish, and the bonus was to slay the last model in a unit while it was in opponent's territory. Uh, so that was actually pretty easy, because first turn I hand-of-dusted the uh so bad. <laughs> sorry sorry not sorry uh hand of dusted the uh the secondary uh lord on the terror guys ter- yeah. so you did and that then, with the uh the spell portal with the extra range on the yeah I, from arcan I, I i deployed him centrally um i think I had Tanya go first in this time, and it was the only mm. time that I did that in the whole tournament. Uh, I went I went first every other game. But then she was able to get in range where uh, I just used a, a spell portal and, and, a, and a hand without any command points. And then uh, okay, I, right, ran, yeah. I ran skeletons up the flank for the other Terrorgeist. And then all of my... Uh, all of my chain rafts went on the right flank, which was where all both of the... Uh, um, both of the comets dropped. Um. So, I mean... Yeah. So. I, so turn one took out one Terrorgeist. Turn two, the skeletons killed the other Terrorgeist. So it was pretty much that was the end of the game for that she one. She took Malevolent Maelstrom as an endless spell as well. That's quite an unusual pick. She actually forgot about it. Um, oh right, okay. The, the the first turn, and it was uh, it was pretty much there wasn't an opportunity to cast it after the first turn. Wow, because um, she fingered all her wizards to death. <laughs> right, they didn't, didn't have an opportunity after that. 
Uh, <laughs> second game was, uh, yeah. Second game was uh, Zach Lamb with his Beast Claw. Uh, we were playing Better Part of Valor, so the six objectives where you can burn your own, and yeah. we were playing Shimon with the uh, the Rust Plague. Um, <laughs> so in this one, we had the same amount of drops, uh, which was actually the way all four of my remaining games were. Uh, same amount of drops as my opponent, and I won all of the deployment rolls. Um, so I was lucky because I was able to try to take out key pieces uh, on the first turn, which I did. Um, so I was able to get his stone horn first turn with the hand of dust. Did you take um, the turn or did you give it? Did you always take I, the first turn or? So the first game I gave up the first turn and then yeah. all four remaining, all four remaining games, I took the first turn. Right. Okay. Just to get the alpha uh, in. To try to get the alpha in. Yeah. The alpha finger. Yeah. And this one was, it was so simple that he could have burned all, all of his objectives the first turn because the secondary objective was to hold four objectives. Right. And uh, the only way to do that was if they don't burn all of their objectives in the first turn. So even though um, I hand of dusted his um, lord on the first turn, on his uh, bottom of turn one, he did 13 mortal wounds to Nagash with his three remaining thunder tusks. Um, and the priority role for the second turn, I won. Um, and I had, Oof. I had, exactly. I was super aggressive with Nagash because I flew him all the way across the board with pinions to go after uh, his left flank to try to kill the uh, the Mornfang that were there and, and get that objective so he could not score it. Um, I killed one of them, but not both. So we were tied on the objective. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't able to burn it right away. Um, but it turns out when I won the priority um, I was able to do enough damage and move across the board where it, the game was pretty much over at that point because I, I did enough damage um, with spells to lower the effectiveness of his uh, all the Thunder Tusks that they, they couldn't finish him off and I was able to heal a little bit and um, I ground out my fourth objective and was able to get my minor uh, or my secondary before winning the game. Nice. So two wins in. What was your third round then? Uh, round three was against Jeremy Tucker. Uh, he was playing the Nurgle Chaos list that I talked about earlier yep. in the episode. Um, it was Relocation Orb in Gur with Reckless Aggression. Um, he deployed his Great Unclean one about 40 inches away from Nagash, <laughs> so, so that even with max command points, I couldn't get to him. So I, uh, I deployed in the grave uh, my 40 Skeletons, because I had won the role to deploy first, so I knew I was going to try to take first turn. Yeah. Um, and I, I gunked up the whole middle of the board with uh, all 80 of my infantry and Nagash on the center objective, and then uh, flew Ark into a flank and put the Lord Executioner towards the other side so that I could go all three directions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but- then uh, he, mo- he moved up the board, and I triple debuffed his uh, drones with Geminids and double uh, Overwhelming <laughs> Dread. So wow. I, I wasn't worried about them trying to flank me. And then uh, he moved the Great Unclean one up. I hand of dusted him and kind of just scored Game points out. Really. Yeah. He, he, had a, he had a really cheeky move on turn uh, three where he summoned uh, a herald and, and made his nine-inch charge onto the, uh, the orb. So he, was, he tied up the game uh, yeah. turn three. Uh, he's 20 models, one, right? Right, because he he's had another wizard, one already yeah. there. So he had models. two. Yeah. He had two wizards on the objective, and I had my like twenty-three models or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So I scored one, 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 and then he scored three to tie it up turn yeah. three. But then I was able to just finish grinding him off after that. As I, the actually, game went on. Um, I actually love that scenario. Um, yeah. Cause it flips on its head. The, Oh, I want to go first. I want to take the turn. I want the turn. I want to take the turn. Um, and but then getting board position is super important, but then you only get one point. So if you get board position and they're able to wrestle it back off you, um, and you don't want to get double turns, so that you, you can kind of you could score two points and then they they score three and then suddenly you're behind. And yeah, I've, I really like that scenario, I think it's super cool. It, it came down in the end to being kind of a okay, you got it when. I was able to break out of combat with Arkin uh, with a six-inch command-pointed run. Uh, he flew because nice. the orb, the orb bounced from uh, Jeremy's deployment zone all the way back across the middle to his flank where he deployed, and yeah. I was able to get there with uh, like a twenty-something-inch movement because of uh, just his speed. Arkin is so quick. Yeah, he's ridiculous. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean it's it's great. When I I played that a lot of the Six Nations, and it was literally just have the three things that score, like the three heroes, wizard, wizard, um, normal vampire lord and arcan, and use those three with three units of spirit host and kind of like play in the middle of the, if you think a line across the middle of the table diagonally, sort of play in the three in the middle and then equally the other two blobs. So you've got, wherever the orb goes, you've got something to compete for it. That's so. that's pretty much exactly what I did because uh, yeah. I went... Uh, Arkin and Rasp to the left, Nagash and Skeletons in the middle, and then all the rest of the Rasp to the right. I think if he if he had got the if he had got the the first turn choice and was able to gunk the middle up with like those those sixty plague bearers, it could have been a lot of different a lot different in that game. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, game four was Nagash versus Nagash playing Sean. Uh, we ended up playing three places of arcane power in Heish with the speed of light. And mm. that was interesting because that was the one where uh, at the start of your player turn, you roll a die and on a six, you can pick up a unit and pretty much move it anywhere. Right. Um, okay. And he he measured uh, around to disallow me a one command point uh, hand of dust through the portal. So, so you just he, burnt two, right? Yeah, because we had been talking the week leading up to the event and even on the drive about the, the exact ranges available to a, a straight line hand of dust. Yeah. So it's 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 like it's less than 24 inches for straight up. It's less than 30 for one point and it's less than 36 for two points. So he didn't want to deploy 40 inches away because he thought he would just be out of the game. So he said, fine, if you if you want to waste all of your command points and go for it on the first turn. I'm going to have to take that risk, and uh, it went poorly for him. <laughs> <laughs> he so, chose poorly. It, it, well, I have to tell the story. Uh, leading up to the event, I, I've been teasing these guys because I uh, I played Tyler Mengel, who's another playtester, um, a few weeks before, or maybe a month before, and uh, he was able to pick which hand I had to die in because – uh, I was using a big die, and my knuckle was bumped out a little bit. <laughs> oh, I love it. So I was like, oh, that's really stupid that I did that. Let me – how can I do this right? So I started using a small die, and I was bumping the knuckle out on the hand that didn't have the die in it. Oh, my so God. So people – the just whole tournament – it's just layers again. <laughs> it's just layers again, Brad. <laughs> I got people are going to be judging you so hard right now. All three of my <laughs> opponents in the first three games picked the bump knuckle hands. <laughs> Oh, you just 
Oh, it just makes me sick. Uh, I love and then it. Sean, I actually love it. I'm just, I'm just more impressed than anything else. Sean was so sick of me laughing about the bump knuckle <laughs> that he closed his eyes and picked the wrong hand. So Do you know what? Um, one of the ways that I you can completely take the power away from your opponent who's making you choose and trying to mind game you, just d6 it. One to three yeah. right, four plus left, just roll it and go, well. And it it's like, um, you know, you, you you don't make a choice, the dice makes the choice for you, so it kind of takes that away. Um, Tony was doing something similar at the Six Nations. He's got two little um, coins. One had a devil on it, one had an angel on it. And he was saying, well, you, what was going to save you? Is it going to be the devil or is it going to be the angel? So it was like, <laughs> you know, which is, which are you more kind of more naughty or are you more nice and then they'd say well either the devil will save me then he would put the coins in his hand and if they pick the devil then he's there okay if they pick the angel they're dead and he said it was really messing with their head because they had to make multiple choices because they had to make a choice of what saved them and then what hand and then they were like oh is that thing and and then like um tom was giving him a load of shit about it he was like i'm not fucking doing it. i'm not fucking doing it if you play me you've got to get the dice that's what the war scroll says um and i said to tom he's already winning you he's already beating you he's already beating you yeah um, <laughs> the, the- the whole the whole time that he was just he was just talking shit about how I I was doing it and how it didn't work and how he wasn't going to fall for it and and I have no idea if my first three opponents even looked at my hand but the fact that it that it worked in my head and I was telling him that he was he was so annoyed it was hilarious that's no, pretty funny so I was I was able to hand of dust and the gosh with the the first spell because a whole bunch of people came over to watch and I was going to go through all my spells because I had been saving hand of dust to either the end or close to the end so everybody came over to watch so i was like okay i gotta do it and he picked the run here so it was pretty much pretty much over after that we we played it out because i wanted to give him the opportunity to uh to get uh um victory points for any sort of tiebreakers but we just ground out some combats after that fair enough so they're pretty much looking pretty solid then was anyone else rocking like four majors at this point uh yes uh i think Jake was on four majors but missed a objective um, with Nagash. Uh, I th- well, maybe he wasn't. I think there were three people with majors, all majors. It was Brendan uh, with Nagash, Kyle from our club with Sylvaneth. And and yep. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and then going into the last round then, what did you end up playing? I ended up playing against uh, also Jake from my club with Nagash. And right, Kyle okay. was on table two playing off against iron jaws oh really okay and uh it ended up being another situation where he he deployed really far away uh but we were playing total commitment uh so i thought about uh putting some units in reserve and Mm. kill it and killing them and then raising them back up with the grave sites but it would cost a command point to do it that way um, because they were effectively dead and I was bringing the unit back um, instead of just putting them down there with the normal deployment. But then I would be kind of limited to Nagash having to do it rather than any character because uh, he was the oh, general. Oh, I see, because you can't use your reserves. But, right, yeah. The, the, but the rule it, says if, if they're in reserve, they're killed. They're destroyed. And then you could... Oh, that's quite clever. But I ended up not doing that because um, I... I, I won the deployment role, and it was in Gyron with uh, Seeds of Hope. So with the, the Gyron Realm spells, it has, uh, I think it's called Mirror Pool. Yeah, Mirror Pool. It lets you teleport 18 inches as a spell, so you can uh, teleport right. 18 inches and then cast 
uh, spell portal after that, and then hand of dust after that. So even though he deployed very far away, um, I was able to teleport with the mirror pool, hand of dust, and kill off another Nagash. Come on, really? Come on. Yes. So I, I cast hand of dust six times in the tournament, and uh, five out of six times worked. Wow, that's pretty impressive. So and it, it was pretty lucky. <laughs> that's that's another word I could use, but I was trying to be respectful. Yeah. You know, <laughs> He's I, more uh, lucky than good, right? <laughs> that's that's the best best way to be. Is more lucky than good. Yeah, man. Um, I, I I try to plan out for the things that could happen if like the dumb luck stuff didn't work. Um, and I thought I was pretty prepared for that sort of thing, but it just turned out that everything that is the like the best case scenario happened, both with with matchups, um, with winning the turn priority, uh, the deployment priority in every single game. And then I, I, there were a couple of times my opponent said, I think I could have had you if if I had played this better, um, if they had made a different choice. But I, I think I set myself up with the deployments and uh, the preparation all the way before the event that I was able to take advantage and capitalize on pretty amazing luck, I think. Yeah, but you need whenever you win an event, you need you need to look in the right places, and you know the at the end of the day, you've got to put yourself in a position for that luck to make the difference between a win and a loss. So, you know the fact that you know oh it was lucky to hand a dust Nagash, you put yourself in a position where you could do that, and you know you you were able to dictate the turn because yeah you won the dice roll, but because you you dictated the turn, you could play a different way. Um, so I think. Um, you know, say to get lucky, but at the end of the day, you need a little bit of luck in this game. But you know, you've got to play for it as well. You've got to play for the luck to make the difference or or to have the impact. So, you know, don't take it away from yourself. You know, you you got to just you just got to roll with it. If you get the luck, you get the luck. It's you got to use it. You know, it's it's, it's the fun thing about the game. You know. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew that it it could happen, and to definitely take advantage of when it did happen. It's a bit like when I played against Nagash and Vordry with my um, my Arcan Vordry, uh, and I put Vordry into Vordry, and my Vordry was completely buffed up the Yan on the charge, going first, didn't kill his Vordry, he kills me back, then he heals all the wounds I did with his chalice, and I was like, oh, man, man, this is this is just not right. This should not happen. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's it's what it, it's what happens. So you know, it's gotta. Take the luck where you get it, you know. It's uh, it's kind of frustrating, but there you go. So, um, you did actually play Brendan then? I did not. No, we, no, we, they didn't. We play. Uh, we missed each other. So it sounds to me like if you if you're gonna like take his title of Lord of Death, you two need to play, right? Well. Nagash is already on the shelf. No, you can't. Play. No, that's <laughs> out. That's 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 like forfeiting, man. You should you should do that. You should have a, you should arrange that Nagash off. He can keep his uh, best death trophy, and I'll keep my best overall trophy. Oh, it's just, <laughs> such an ass. <laughs> it would have been it would have been cool to see though, right? You know, like to really. Yeah, it would have. You know, it would have. He he thought he had the better list, uh, and I think he did. But I think kind of the X factor where the extra command points and, and me being willing to risk and gamble to try to get him turn one, which I would have done. I would have tried it. And it would have worked by the sound of it. <laughs> possibly. Yeah, uh, possibly. 50, well, 50. Maybe, right? ne- maybe next time we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. You should, you should totally arrange that even at, like, just, just see what happened. It'd be quite cool to see. Um, so 
Talk to me about Kyle Sylvaneff then. What, what's the story there? I mean, obviously, Sylvaneff over here have kind of got a little bit of a kind of reputation of not being that good anymore, and AOS 2 has uh, obviously made a difference. So He's he's played Sylvaneff at two tournaments ever. Uh, his first time was at Adepticon this year with zero practice games, uh, and I think he came top 20, top 30 with the Sylvaneth at Adepticon. And then um, I don't know how he was, he was actually playing uh, to take another Nagash to this event. And he right. was also playing uh, Tomb Kings because he's had, he has a 12 snake Tomb King list that he played from years back. Um, but in the end, he decided right before the event to take Sylvaneth uh, and he was playing no formations, monster mash. And just, he, he's the, the most hyper aggro at all times, no matter what list he's playing, he's just in your face, no matter what, and we'll see what happens. And it's it, really interesting. That, that list worked really well for him, um, especially against like Brendan's list because he didn't have the extra, uh, the extra like hardcore spell caster like Arkin. Instead, he went with massive bodies. But then that Silverdeath list just it just took apart the 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 massive body list that Brendan had. Yeah, and he so he was running the Spirit Durfu. Uh, Nald Warrior, which I guess is Nor renders it, um, and then Alariel, um, Dreicher, Branch Wraith, ten Dryads, five Revs, five Revs, six Hunters with Scythes. And I think he was mostly summoning uh, three Archers. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was. Uh, he he had I think an Ancient. I think he had Dryads, but like in his game against Brendan, he summoned the three Archers, and they shot off the uh, the Necromancer turn yeah. one. Even with all of the saves, they shot him off. Um, That's quite so lucky. He, it, it was lucky, but then he he was just charging in with all of his other stuff and just going for it. Yeah, you got to play for it, though, don't you? If you don't shoot him, I always like it, find it funny when you you have something like that and they go, oh, "I need to shoot that guy," and you go, "Oh, by the way, he can pass wounds off on a four up, and he's got a death save, and blah blah blah." And they go, oh, "I won't bother," and you're like, "Yes, <laughs> don't kill that guy." <laughs> I've been toying with. Um, running the um, execution force in my night haunt list um, just because I'm a bit restricted on what models I can use next weekend um, and the Lord execution it gets like an additional minus one to hit um, and then I was thinking about getting the Griff feather charm so he's an extra minus one to hit and then he's got the stare death in the face for another minus one to hit um, and he's got oh. lookout sir so he's minus three uh, minus four against heroes um, in combat if there's a spirit host within six of you and then it gets shooting minus two but potentially minus three if there's a spirit host within six of you so um, he's kind of like he's kind of like a little little bastard you know it's like you're going to be so you're gonna so going to struggle to kill this guy um, and with an artifact counting as 20 models I think he could be quite useful so I was uh, super tempted to take that and see how it plays but we'll see what you what you think of that if you think that's good, I do. I think I think anything with those those negative buff to hit. There's so many people that rely on certain effects that once you start taking those away, it really messes up people's plans. Well, that's what I love about the new spirit hosts. It's like you're minus six to hit. Doesn't matter. I still do my mortal wounds on a six, which is all I care about. That's <laughs> right. so good. I actually I was using um, when I played at the Six Nations. I was using Geminids and and against star drakes and hitting myself with it um and the star drake and then going well i'm minus one to hit on my spirit host which means you can't bounce <laughs> wounds back at me um nice. and i only do mortals so i'm like yeah <laughs> and they were like oh that's that's really that's really shit <laughs> and i'm like that's yeah awesome. and then healing awesome. actually healing in my hero phase so i'm like oh, okay well i'll 
and like one time my opponent did it he, he hit my spirit house with it and I was like because he, he, I kind of left it within range and it's like oh he doesn't want me moving him and killing his stuff so he's like oh he, he was like well I'll, I'll, I'll move it and he was like I'll hit your spirit house I was like yeah fine yeah yeah and then I got into the combat phase and he was like oh so minus one so I just do mortals on sixes and he was like shit that makes him better right I was like yeah yeah, it makes them better. Thanks. Thanks for buffing, <laughs> my guys. There's a debuff that buffs me. It's like it's really funny. I was just like, I love it. It's so much fun. Um So you you won. You won the event. Uh yes, yes. I ended up winning. I had uh perfect battle and perfect uh battle points. Uh I didn't I don't think I, I think I tabled all five of my opponents and the only thing less than ten thousand were command points and endless spells. Wow. So I ended up I ended up having ninety two hundred. Nasty. You're the only one who got max battle points. Did um I was gonna ask that. Did what did Brendan do in his last game then? He he, he didn't get the max max. He was seventy just... seventy five was max, Brendan was sixty six. And yeah. Kyle Kyle, interestingly enough, was sixty nine on battle points, but he turned his list in late, so he was down five. Oh no. Yeah, so if Kyle had turned his list in on time, he would have been second place and not Brendan. Okay, interesting. So, um, what was it that Brendan failed? Was it secondaries he failed to get then, or did he not get he, a major in one mission? He, or something? he took a minor loss against Kyle, and then he, I think, right. he struggled with a secondary here or there. Okay, some, interesting. Some yeah. of them were really freaking hard to get. Like there was one where you had to have two of three objectives. Right. Um, so the, one the second, player was getting scenario. it. One player was going to get it, and one wasn't. Was probably how it was going to go. Yeah, the second scenario where you had to capture four out of the six, and yeah. uh, you could have just burned uh, your objectives on turn one, and even if you were losing, denied your opponent their secondary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point, but that's a weird scenario. That one, that's, it, it like takes and play. Jack misplayed that in the first round at Six Nations and lost his game on it. Um, it's quite an unusual scenario because you kind of think burn everything and then just keep what if you can burn like their objectives and your objectives but keep one they can you always want to make sure you don't lose one of them and have it at the end of the game and get the eight um it's it's, a, it's quite cool i haven't played it yet actually if i'm honest but um yeah it's gonna be quite an interesting mission that one yeah so well, well done on the win um yeah thanks for coming on the show to talk about um you know your experiences and your list and how you got on um just quickly before you disappear um do you with the faq changes is this list now dead for you you're just going to do it one and done and you you've had enough of it now and that's it i mean would you do you uh, think it could still be competitive or do you think the change to spell portal and things is just means that and the lens means it's not a goer anymore for me, I think it is one and done because my plan was just to take it for the one event kind of as the kickoff to AOS 2 to finally get Nagash back on the table. Uh, I wasn't really planning on switching to him as an, an army for like a season or something. Um, and, and while it, the list that the way I played it did take a big hit, um, kind of the reason you have the spell portal in there uh, for the most part is to try to get that one offhand of dust. So I think it does still have a place. Um, it's a bit more expensive and risky to put uh, – that on the table for those points to only get one shot at it but on the other hand if that's your trick with nagash and then if you're still playing in realms you still have a bunch of extra spells to try to push forward up the table with extra buffs and extra debuffs and extra damage um i i think that is still kind of the intent to play him as like your centerpiece character it can still work um 
even though you're not casting 10 spells with an extra 18 inches. So I, I, th- I think it can still work. I think it will still be competitive, and you have to watch out and plan for it. Um, but I, I don't think it's as auto-include or every single death list is going to be that list or um, as much as it could have been if it didn't get FAQ'd. Yeah. Did you play Soul Harvest through the portal? That was a thing, right? Uh, yeah, uh, I played Soul Harvest through the portal and then buffed up the range twice in one game oh. so that I was doing uh, nine-inch all-unit AOE for D3 mortals and then healing the gush. Yeah, disgusting. Nice and, and I took that spell, whereas I think all of my other clubmates took the other one that was the 12-inch range heal within six. Because I, um, I took it with, um, with Arkan uh, because when you use his ability and you have it everything within nine, um, it's... It's really good. Like, like right. she, uh, although he's the, not the, quite as going to be in, in, in people's grillers, Nagash, but yeah, it's so good. Yeah, the reason why I took it over the other healing spell was because of Arkin in the list able to buff the AoE range. For sure. Cool. All right, well, um, I guess I know you've got to disappear, so um, just want to say thanks for coming on, and um, we'll look for, I'll maybe get you on again when you've got some games with your daughters or something, and Find out how you're going with them. That'd be quite interesting. All right. I appreciate you having me on. Talk to you guys later. All right. See you later, later. man. See ya. So um, now that um, sort of Brad's disappeared, we can we can call him names. No. You're going to edit that part out there, right? No. <laughs> no. Definitely not. It's funny, right? Um, so I think... Um, I sort of mentioned earlier because obviously you were TOing, so and this is the first sort of AOS two event, I guess in the US. Is it first one? Yeah, yeah. Well, that the first well, one that I know of. I, I don't know if the, yeah, there was one place, event the weekend prior, <laughs> but I don't know if they used it or not. Mm. Fair, fair. Um, so did you summoning? Obviously, has been a hot topic. Um, we didn't really see it being as impactful as people thought it would be um, at Six Nations. Like, you know, Nurgle didn't seem to be, like, running away with things and, and putting, like, loads of free stuff on the table. Contagion takes a while to ramp up. Um, we had see, saw some quite competitive Zinch armies. Um, did you see summoning being used prevalently? Was it... Did it feel overpowered or, or good? Or did you think it was... You're not really sure? Or what are your I thoughts? Didn't, I didn't really see... There were people brought summoning because um, even though I told them I didn't need it, a bunch of people sent me their summoning lists. Right. Um, okay. And I had just I had said, don't bring your collection, please. You know, just be reasonable. Bring what you're going to actually summon. Um, and there was definitely summoning happening. But, you know, walking through, um, I wasn't policing. I was available for the top tables, but I wasn't policing them hard just because I know all the guys typically at the top tables and. And it's just pretty shenanigan free, so I would check in on them. But yeah, I was spending more of my time. Yeah, yeah, no, they don't. And I was sort of spending more of my time in the middle tables and then upstairs um, in the other room, which the guys had called the fun room, just yeah. checking on them and seeing. Really, I wanted to see, you know, the 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 more funners, if you will, the people who are just there to have a good time, how all this was for them. Um, and, you know, nobody was complaining. I had... House ruled banishment. We did play Heish, but I house ruled banishment right before the event to what it is now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and, and people love that. 
because they, you know, they, yeah, it's still a strong spell, but, but they have some the control. control. Yeah. Yeah. You have, you have a say in it. So it doesn't, it doesn't, it's, it's not like the, the vacuum of fun sucking that people thought it would be in that way. Cause you still have a say in it. And, and plus for me, like one of the things I didn't like about it is like the opponent, like picking up my, my unit of like 30 guys that I've spent ages painting and like, like rough handling around my army and, and i'm like right. oh, i don't you know just don't touch my models like that please, please. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah i just so, got this image of my like metal phoenix guard someone just like scooping them up in one hand you know and just and just be like no <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny i i had you know bef- before i had house ruled it i one of the early things in my pack was if because of things like uh the curse lane you know, mm-hmm. so I had said if you if you have anything that lets you cast anybody else's endless spells, um, then you have to bring your own endless spells. You can't use the other yeah, guys. Yeah. Which is reasonable. So I had that in my rules too. But then you know, I ended up house ruling it to match the FAQ that no, you just you have you to pay for it. Yeah. yeah, you just can't. Yeah, go away. I still think it. I still think he's good, but you know, it's, yeah, and there's a lot I of people too. cried about it, but I think it's. It it's great because it gives you access to a whole nother, you know, op- swath of spells you would never have. So yeah, and he's very survivable. Given paradoxical shield, he becomes a pretty pretty much a tank. Yeah. So that in in the realm spells, I really like having the realm spells um, because I think that they buff so many armies that don't have their own spell lores and give them this whole other playground. That's a great um, point. I, I think that's a really good point. That's... And it just didn't have any more. Now, the, the flip side to that is is there's one guy in the game who who really abuses it, uh, and that is Nagash, um, because he can cast so many spells a turn. But mm. you know, that's one guy, and he's very killable, and I, I don't think we had any lists um, that were that had him in mind, that had enough shooting to potentially deal with him. Um, or, you know, had had those big character targets where he could just hand off and it was too much of your army and their army would fold. Yeah, I think I think it's a weird one because obviously your your tournament like meta, if we use that word, was a little bit skewed by a bunch of guys all taking a similar list. Um yep. and I think that if in hindsight, like going forward, people are gonna be thinking about Nagash. Whereas before, it wasn't really an army you saw. And we've seen a lot of Nagash recently at a UK event. So now when you write your army list, you're going to be thinking, how do I deal with Nagash? How do I kill Nagash? That's going to be like one of the things you've got to think about. Um, I, I think so too. But I, I don't want what I hope for our meta is that people aren't writing Nagash killing lists. Because because what's oh, going to no, happen I if they're mean, doing that yeah if, then, yeah I, I just mean my players if our u.s players are doing that people are not going to bring the gas <laughs> no but but you know what i mean like it's it's all extremes isn't it like you wouldn't take a list that only kills nagash or is so invested in killing nagash but you you don't necessarily want to kill him but you just want to have an answer to nagash and that might be something stupid like I'll ignore him, but I just need enough bodies to keep him busy. Um, you know, but I think um, you have to think about him when you're writing a list and going into an event. If you want to compete, you've got to think: if I face it, what do I do? Um, I don't think it's good enough to sit and go. I just won't worry about that, and I'll cross the bridge when I come to it. Because um, he's he's one of that. He's one of the models now that you think actually he's going to have a big influence on the game. Um, 
But I don't I don't mean that you just go, how do I beat Nagash, take an anti-Nagash army, and then lose all your other games, unless you play Nagash four times. But... Well, I, and I know you don't, but I, I, I am worried that some of the guys at my event will... <laughs> will have this giant image of Nagash with a bullseye, and that's like all that they think about. <laughs> oh, there will, for sure, there'll be people that do that. But then that's that's when we talk about, um, I've talked about being competitive before, it's being ahead of that curve. So that's yeah. like Brad saying, I'm going to shelve Nagash now, because he's worried exactly that, that people are going to start bringing anti-Nagash armies, and you draw into one of those matchups and lose a game, and then you're suddenly out of sight for the podium. So um, it's interesting. Yeah, and you know, I think there's a lot of stuff you got you got to think about. You know, bazillions of witch elves—that's a thing. No, yeah, definitely. Uh, the pl- the plague bears, you know, all the debuffing stuff. Um, one of the things that I thought was neat was the that Jeremy Tucker in his Nurgle army he took the Wither Stave, which yeah. is a really interesting. I thought meta choice because it single handedly deals with all the Blight Kings. Yeah, yeah, it does. Right, it just robs them of their exploding hits. The fact so Blight just... Kings can be switched off is is a problem. Like for Blight Kings, like it's yeah. If you took a Blight King list and you can't hit on sixes, it's bad. I mean, I've I've really moved away from my Nurgle. Um, I just don't think they're as competitive as they should be. Um, I think they 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 almost feel like they were too well done that they're kind of middle of the road. Um, and they don't quite have the edge that some of the other books have. I still think they can compete, but I think they, um, I don't know, I struggle a little bit with them. I always feel like I'm, I'm missing a unit when I play with them. Um, it, it feels to me like the damage. You know, they, yeah. They'll live forever, but the damage output just isn't there in the army. No. It's a very um, slowly, slowly catchy monkey kind of army where you grind, but the problem is now that stuff can heal, grow back, summon the grind doesn't really have that as much impact. I know you can summon two, but I don't know. I I think um, Legion is so strong right now. Um, like all, all the Legion of Gash book is so strong. I think it's really good. Anything that's coming back, I think it, you know, anything that can reliably bring models back has an edge. Yeah. I think um, the, the, the thing about it as well is you can, you can, you can, definitely guarantee and plan around it it's like a lot of the chaos stuff you you've got to give a resource or you've got to generate a resource and then you'll be like oh yeah i can generate all these points and then like we use inch army and then you play against the nagash army and then they unbind you all the time or you play against someone who can shut your magic down or, or snipe your wizards out and then you're like fuck i can't summon anything and then the same with like nurgle you play someone who can just stand on your trees getting your territory or you play a scenario where your territory is quite a small box and theirs is a small box and you can't get into it and you suddenly you don't have the ability to bring units on and then you're like shit i'm, I'm fucked but with nagash you can just go i'll just take 100 points less yeah right uh, you can't stop me not taking 100 points right and yeah you could kill my character my general but it's nagash so good luck with that one <laughs> so if you can- yeah it- it takes some effort. He doesn't. No. He doesn't just fall over. So no. But I think. Um. I think some of the the super strong stuff like against him is is uh, the stormcast shooting is just amazing. Yeah. Oh. Like agreed. I think you know even even like just castigators in the formation that we spoke about on Facehammer where, um, you can fire twice when you drop. That's just super good. Um, so, you you felt the realm spells added, 
like a, a lot of um, options to other armies. So you quite like those? I do, I do. And talking with the players too. I mean, that you know, that was my own thought. But but in talking with my players too, they really liked having you know talking to Iron Jaws players. Well, all I have is is the freaking foot, which yeah, I can yeah, never yeah. rely. On. I can never cast the foot. So all of a sudden, I got six choices, and some of them are really cool. It just it was more fun. You know, it just added yeah. this whole new fun twist to the game. Um, I avoided fire specifically because I just didn't want to deal with the damage spell. Yeah, um, yeah. Whether that was a good choice or not, you know. Uh, one of the things I thought in hindsight was I also avoided shadow. Yeah. Um, and I, I, in hindsight, I, I was thinking about, you know, if I had limited the visibility, how that would affect the Nagash players. Um, with that limited visibility and I and ultimately I decided that you know it would be harder for them but I think it would be less fun for everybody I don't even think it matters does it do they need line of sight uh, I think so I don't, maybe, think they need, I don't even think they need line of sight for hand of dust so I don't, I don't know this I'm not super familiar with his scroll so I think it's an interesting one it's definitely when I read it I, I my immediate reaction was like oh no that's not good um like you know that's going to upset some people um but i mean ko players are like you know like rolling around on the floor screaming already let's not kick them while they're down right right because <laughs> they definitely need to see what they're shooting at um, i, I would have loved it we had two guys that have have been strong play, ko players for a year and a half um and i would have loved them to see them on the table you know no, yeah. Hand of Dust doesn't need line of sight, so it wouldn't have mattered to them at all. No, I didn't think so. So, But, I mean, I still think KO can compete and they've got some good matchups. I just I just think it's 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 tough. I think maybe people might need to start looking outside the Barrack Zifflin, um, you know, Skyport and looking at some other options and being a bit more mobile or trying to be. Um, I don't know. It's tough. I think it almost feels like the book needs something. I think you definitely need to use your ally pool. I think. It, um, I I feel like it needs another dimension as well. It's just it, there's not a lot of enough weight, enough choice. Where yeah. with with all the new books coming out, you know they're spoiled for choice, and that's you know that's clearly a positive in the growth of GW. Um, you know that the new books are being spoiled for choice, but as an Iron Jaw player who's also not spoiled for choice. Yeah. I feel their pain. You know, yeah, we just yeah. we are we're fo Iron Jaws are focused in a different way, um, and happen to. But you to never had your moment in the sun, though, did you? You didn't have that moment where you were you were having those big wins. Um, I guess. Not the Iron Jaws didn't know. I I I kind of feel like they're having it right now, though. Yeah. Um, with the mighty Wa out and stackable. Yeah. Um, and the Oric Wa boss is stackable. Um, It'd be nice to see some people like actually really going for uh competitive iron jaws but i i think a lot of our competitive iron jaws players are so in the uk scene are so burnt out like kieran and chris um tomlin they're those two guys play iron jaws religiously and i think they're so kind of like almost in their own mind they're in this trap of they're just not going to compete they're not going to compete and I, I just um but they love them and they want to play with yeah. them so um, it's interesting. I don't know. I mean, I would I would quite like to see those armies. I think Beast Claw have had a bit of a bump, um, but you know, until we see somebody do something with 
the destruction area. I don't I don't know if people will still gravitate towards uh, death, chaos, and order because they seem to be having their they just seem to be more rounded out at the moment. So yeah, and I that was my breakdown. I think it was nineteen seventeen fifteen chaos order death and then five destruction armies yeah so they, they don't have a lot of choice though do they that's that's been the main thing so yeah it's uh and death have had quite a lot of new stuff recently oh, so. yeah i mean they they just got their book and then we had the night haunt book so yeah i mean it's 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 happy times for death so and it's good you know that's what that's that's where destruction needs to be as well mm. um so hurry up and make the books gw come on yeah. new iron Dust yeah. book you want one yeah that's cool oh you, you actually want, had a um... i want a hero on a gore grunter so bad <laughs> <laughs> just stop wish listing yeah like, well, i've got a big wish list say. i know nobody yeah. listens to me no exactly <laughs> <laughs> me either <laughs> Um, are you? Uh, did you? Did you see? I noticed there were a couple Nighthorn armies at your event as well. Yeah, there were three, um, and it was really cool to see. There was two of them had Lady Olinder, who just came out the week prior, so they got her painted nice. up yeah. and on the table. And yeah, I, would... I put out a rule that you couldn't play, you couldn't convert and play with units that were now. So uh, okay, yeah, I didn't want to see anybody converting stuff and counts as in really wicked stuff that wasn't available. Yeah, so they were super limited then, what they could take. They were. How, how did you think they went? Did they go okay? Um, let's see how they did. I don't remember. Uh, with that, the the best Nighthaunt player was 20th overall. Wow. So, okay. so, and he had two um, Morgul in his list, which I thought was a surprising choice. That is strange, yeah. Um, I just, I the problem is when you, write, when you look at the scrolls that are available, there just isn't a lot. Right, there just isn't a lot. Um, uh, you look at it, and you go, "Well, I can't actually take anything." Like, I, like I, there isn't. You need those those models that could do some damage and that could stick around and Mongols or that. And I think without having to be able to take the black coach, without having to be able to take, you know, like the the more elite infantry. Yeah, I think it's difficult. So yeah, it was, and and I think. I think there was a a really cool list that had a lot of different units, but he was a brand new player. This was his first tournament, and um, mm. and and he was head over heels. He had the best time. So you know where he placed, I don't know. It was I'm sure it was near the bottom, but it didn't matter because no. he was just having a blast. I think when you when you in Nighthaunt, you want to take big units um, because you've got the heel, but you can't bring units back, so you don't really want units I, getting wiped out. So feels a little bit like the old Tomb Kings did. Back in um, yeah. 8th, where you were like, well, I don't want to lose the unit, but if it's still there, I can bring models into it. So I, I think you almost want to go big. I'm, I'm debating with my list whether I have two tens of uh, Grimrafts or I have 120. The 20 is pretty tempting, isn't it? Well, it just means that you're not, you can always heal them back, but you can't if you've got two tens, but then you can be in two different places. So I don't know, it's tricky. I'll probably go for the two tens because uh, I've printed up two Death Nails. So it's a. Uh, I'm pretty much beholden to that now. <laughs> and, and how many Mimorns are you going to run? None. None, really. Yeah, I, I can't find the points for them. Like I, because I, I want to take a formation because I want to unlock. Oh, um, I, I kind gotcha. of, I'm a bit restricted in what I can take, and because I've got to take free into Spirit House, uh, I if I run Execution Horde and I can't run Shroud Guard, which is what I would have run um, if I could, but I haven't got the Blade Glass on out. Um, 
Oh, so it's the same thing. You can't if it's not out, you can't use it. Yeah, um, and then I can't use the coach because uh, it's released on the day. Um, yep. Although I've got one, which is annoying. Um, but um, <laughs> I and, and then I'm like, and I've got I've actually got the blade guys as well, which is more annoying. And I built them all and got them half painted before I realised um, that they weren't going to be out in time. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just tricky. But I'm I'm kind of thinking. I, the Myamorns are a weird one. Like I put them in the list and I drop them out again. I put them in and I drop them out again. And I, I keep doing the same with the Terminexus. And I don't know if I want to run it or not, if it's good or not. But then I just look, Geminids are just better, right? Or, or maybe, you know, it's better for me to do something else. Like, And I'm worried a little bit about Hordes. Maybe I need to take a spell that deals with Hordes. I just don't know. I think... I just need to take a list, play games, and see how it plays, and then go, right, for the next event, I know what I'm doing, rather than, you know, worry about it too much. Sure. Is so, is the Life Swarm been popular over there? Uh, people have taken it, but I, I've never seen it being used. I've never seen it on the table, basically. It never gets cast. Um, I don't know how you feel about it, but I just... I don't think it's very good, but... um, it, I, I It's not... I wouldn't say it's the strongest competitive choice, but I, the, so my Wanderers list is going to have thirty uh, Eternal Guard, and then the the, the Spellweaver can bring back. She has a spell natively that can bring him back. Yeah. So I've been looking at it to bring back even more, and mm. just the same kind of idea to have a to play a Wood Elf list more as a summoning list and keep filling back my Eternal Guard unit. Yeah, um, you know, with its great save. I think it was, if it was every unit it moved over, it'd be see a lot of play. But it's just the last one, isn't it? It is. So it's so a it's... bit like. Oh. So if you could do multiple units, I think it'd be a lot more play. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think for the points investment, is it sixty? It is, and that's yeah. that's where it loses me. If it was like thirty points, I think you'd see it a lot more, like thirty or forty max. I don't think it's worth sixty. Not when you compare like it to like Cogs, the Pendulum, you know, Geminids, you know, pa- even Palisade is thirty. I mean, that's yeah. I don't know. It's a good it, Palisade is a good choice. So cool. All right then. So um, you're happy with how the event turned out? I, I am. I'm really happy. Um, talking with all my players, everybody had a blast. Um, you know, even with the the five cheeky Nagash guys. Um, <laughs> So you know, you should I mean, have just drawn the, them all against each other. It would have been hilarious. The, oh, it would have been so funny. The, <laughs> the top end enjoyed the top end play, and the middle and the bottom end enjoyed that. So yeah, you know, everybody came and and was in different levels, and 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 I had had a lot of feedback. There was a couple of points people didn't love, you know, and I, the, you're going to always have that. But overall, uh, I'm very right. pleased with how it went and how anything you want to share. Have. Or you, um. Well, like like I said, the big thing was the number one complaint was flipping through the books, and I've actually passed that directly back to GW. Yeah, no, about um, control that really, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, no, but I I think there's a there's an opportunity, you know. So we'll see how that yeah. shakes out. Um, from past events, my players, while they enjoyed not having to worry about deter- making a choice on the secondary. They want they missed having that choice because they're used to it. So we that's something common in the U.S. So it just it's something for me to think about for next year. And I'm actually entertaining because I like having the secondary objective. I like giving 
people losing games something to play for. Yeah. Keeps them in the game, keeps it fun for them. Yeah, sure. So I'm actually, so I'm actually looking at, at um, uh, secondaries with a win condition and a lose condition. So make it really try to ramp up and make the secondaries more difficult to achieve if you won the game and make them easier to achieve if you've lost the game. Oh, that's interesting. Would you do it that only one player could win them on the table as well? No, no. I What I would probably do is give you a list and let you choose, and each player would pick which secondary they're playing for in that game, um, and then and then make some kind of list. I really like those, I can't remember the name of them, those battle abilities in the core book on page 319. Um, that I used for secondary. So I think I would model, use those kind of as a, a template as a starting point anyway. Yeah. Because uh, some of those are really challenging to get, and I really liked that about yeah. those objectives. Yeah, that's cool. I, I wasn't sure, like, if... Because um, I've done it before, and and sometimes you've got people that are like, oh, well, you, you can get your secondary, I'll get my secondary, because they both get the points, whereas I've done it before where the secondary shifts the major down to a minor so if you're on for a major win but you don't get your secondary and they get theirs they push you back down to a minor win oh interesting so you're not likely to say oh you you can get yours i'll get mine you actually have to stop them getting theirs as well because you're like well actually i don't want you getting that because that's going to affect my score um and that worked quite well i think because it, it stopped the collusion that you could get between players where they go Oh well, you know, you have yours, I'll have mine. You know, I, you know then... that's a good point, and 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 it's something to think about and interesting. But uh, the other side is that the thing I'm trying to promote is is more points for the guys that are losing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, without I don't want the the guys winning the game to give it away to like get a sports bump. That's that's not really the goal, but rather to give the guy losing a reason to stay playing rather than just concede and walk away. Yeah, I totally, you know, I totally understand that. Yeah, so. try to make it, and and I don't know, but but as I get closer to next year, I'll talk with more with you about it for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I've just been thinking about how to mix it up a little bit myself, and I was just trying to think which way to go. Um, if I wanted to do secondaries, we did secret missions in the past with South Coast, so I wasn't sure um, if they would see a resurgence again. But I think it's a great idea using those. Um, those random objectives in the back. I don't know if it's open war or whatever. The there is a section in the rule book where you can randomly generate your, your scenario, basically your deployment and everything, isn't it? So it's um, yep. yeah, it's proper cool. A bit like the forty k tactical objectives, aren't they? So um, do you guys know what you're doing for face hammer? Yeah, uh, I need to do a pack uh, update now that it's all out in the open. Um, I was waiting for everything to be out and the FAQ to be out and everything to be out there and then sure. I might as well wait until after blackout because that allows me to see and judge people's opinions um, and obviously it's great chatting to you about your event and how you found it um, which has given me a little bit of an indication of where I want to go with it and then I'll um, I'll have a chat with the guys uh, put a pack up probably August um, sort of early August so um, sort of like sort of like by the 10th of August or something like that so gives people over a month to 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 really hone in on what they're doing it won't be anything massively changed it will just be as close to out the book as possible but i need to just say we're going to use this 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 and and go with that so uh, but basically essentially it's going to be what the pack is now 
but I just need to um, I just need to clarify a few points with the AS2 and everything dropping. So I wanted to give it a a fair little bit of time to um, settle down a little bit before I made any decisions. Um, no, I think I well, you have plenty of time. So I, I I ended up publishing my pack a week. The final version of my pack right. went out a week before the event, and I had to push my submit deadline a little bit. But it just there was just too much happening. Yeah, there was no choice. I mean, that was the Six Nations was a bit of a cluster for that as well. I mean, we had like old battle tomes that hadn't been replaced, but new points. Um, FAQ wasn't out. It was kind of a little bit of a felt a bit like the Wild West again. You know, the old days sure. of AOS. But um, yeah, it was cool though. I mean, still, still, still fun. You know, still. Still Warhammer end of the day, in it? So, right, we got a couple of events coming up, but obviously our next big event is Adepticon in March. Um, and I know that there, you guys are looking at coming over, and a bunch of guys are already looking at coming over. So, yeah, we um, hope so. We haven't got. And a hotel I'll be yet, at, I'll be at Face Hammer. Me and Tom will be at Face Hammer in September. Yeah, that's what um, I was waiting for. I was like, yeah, getting ready for Face Hammer. I am. I well, so I'm not bringing an army. I'm going to borrow one of you guys's. So, oh right, okay. So cool. I, I'm super excited to come and play and and just really just meet everybody and hang out and party. Yeah. Um, and of course, some extra time with you guys. But just, uh, you know, so that the whole not having to worry about an army is is a huge relief. I don't have to stress and paint. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't have to worry about packing that and bring because it just it just doesn't look like. Well, I've got a, a Kradron on me. You know, you, you're welcome to borrow. No, 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 no. Right, no, okay. no. <laughs> I, 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 disclaimer, I don't play dwarves. <coughs> so I, there was a point when I was going to be, um, I was going to ride the Fire Slayer chain and I, I bought it and I was like, this isn't me. I don't play dwarves. So I sold it. Right. Okay. I, I, I thought you were going to say oh, I don't play dwarves because they look too similar like, like them, so I don't want to. I don't want people to get confused. <laughs> no, I've got a beard and I'm fat, but I'm not short. No, that's true. <laughs> but not, it, I, I wasn't even going to go there, but yeah, it's fine. <laughs> oh, I, I have no shame. No shame, no shame. my friend. <laughs> no, um, I'm excited. I can't wait to come out. I um the four i hung out with the four of you guys at adepticon we had the best time and it was amazing and I'm coming out to face hammer to party again and yeah man it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty epic um i can't wait we <laughs> tomlin's already grudged me all right okay cool <laughs> love it that's gonna be messy yeah. it's normally the um well the first year uh he grudged sam davis and then we were streaming and they got really really hammered and then Sam went on to win the event, and I think Tomlin came fourth. So you know, wow, could put you in good stead. Who knows? Yeah, well, get get that killer night haunt painted army painted up for me, mate. It's <laughs> it's getting there. I'm, I'm I want to take it to eggs at the end of August. So it's not actually what I want to play, but <laughs> just borrow it if you want if it's ready. Um, you can uh, it I don't want to borrow anything borrow. new. I like tried and trusted and. And if I if I break something because I drank too much, it's not the end of the world. Oh, cool! I, I could dig out my Tomb King on models if you want. <laughs> not, not that. <laughs> You're going too far back. Russ. I've got I got some fifth edition and like high elves, but um, yeah, I don't really want you using those. <laughs> They're all metal. You got white, you got white lions. <laughs> yeah, only like fifteen of them though. Uh, yeah. Back when a unit of ten was extravagant, you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um. Yeah, before the 30 blocks became a thing. Um, yeah, cool. Well, uh, thanks very much for coming on to talk about um, your event. 
Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. No, it's cool. You know, it was good to talk and uh, looking forward to seeing you in September. So it should be awesome times to be had. Um, and hopefully you will have a good time. I'm sure you will. Yeah, I, I can't imagine I won't. I can't wait and look forward to, to meeting as many folks as I can. Yeah, awesome. Well, um, thanks for listening, everyone. And um, we'll be back soon with another show. I've talked to AD about doing Allegiance and the Gas show, um, but he was really ill. And then we didn't record in the end because and I had a cough as well. Um, so uh, hopefully we will get to that Legion show. But we talked a lot about Legions today. Um, and hopefully uh, we will get something done in the next few weeks Um, but yeah, thanks for listening and we'll be back soon To make sure you don't miss out on any more Hammer to Your Face subscribe to us on iTunes add our RSS feed to your reader and follow us on Twitter at facehammer underscore We hope you enjoyed the show if you'd like to give us some feedback we'd love to hear from you Thanks for listening